I'm lonesome but happy Rich but I'm broke And the good Lord knows the reason I'm just a cowpoke From Cheyenne to Douglas The ranges I know Cause I drift with the wind No one cares where I go Welcome to episode 57 of the NFP Podcast, presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP Podcast is brought to you by Riverside Dodge, the official truck sponsor and dealership of the show, as well as Hooked Up Enterprises as the official in-arena gear of the NFP Podcast. And don't forget Wrangler, the official clothing sponsor of the show, Wrangler, long live a cowboys. What is up, everybody? Been a long time. We've had Finals after finals, events after events, fucking bowls of the year, new Canadian champions, all sorts of fun shit on the go. But before we get into all that, let's get to the boys first. Jason Davidson, how are we doing today? Too bad, LT. Hey, I see you got a Wrangler FR hoodie on. Is it? Are you that good? You're that hot? You need to wear fire retardant clothes just in your own house? Is that what that means? FR? Fire retardant? Is that what that means? <laughs> well, you never know when you're gonna have to put out a house fire, right? So, <laughs> it on. Yeah, it's we're nice. sending you in first. If there's any <laughs> fires within, <laughs> that's what that means, eh? Fr. Yeah, oh, correct. There we go. Oh, that it'll be like, it'll be like that old. It's time to read. It's time to move on. They say, you know, yeah, you're, you're always learn. You're always learning. <laughs> Do you remember the stand-up comedian uh, Eddie Murphy when he did Delirious and they were talking about light barbecue and they, he was like, "He'll be all right. Just just roll a little Eddie around. We'll be like, he'll <laughs> be like, he'll be all right. Just just roll a little Tanner around. He'll be okay." <laughs> oh, I had no idea. It's it's obviously a lot heavier, and I just got a whole bunch of stuff sent to me from Wrangler. So I just this is this one's warm, and I was doing chores all morning. So ah, good thing. If, if there's a fire, I'd have been fine. Get me yeah. warm as well. <laughs> Jason, what's up? How's things? We've been uh, about three weeks now since we've been back. We've had the maybe our Canada final shit. Too much stuff probably. We're going to miss a lot. But uh, what's been going on? What sticks out for you in the last little while? Uh, teams finals in Vegas. Yeah. Awesome. Went down there for uh, three performances. Was supposed to only watch two and a half. But uh, our good friends at WestJet really... They made my Sunday with the delay, but it made for a painful trip back home at 30 a.m. to 9 a.m. in a rental car in Calgary. Nice. Uh, so that was uh, that was good. Our Nashville Stampede. Who wins the? Who wins it? Who had Nashville? I do. <laughs> Scott, you had both the teams. Jason, you had the uh, the Texas gamblers. team. The Gamblers to win. Yeah. So none of us took it. I actually had Nashville. As the last place team, as my bottom team. Um, well, so, you were correct. You yeah. they were the last seed going in. Now they win a championship and have the first pick. Yeah. In the uh, draft this year. I think Space. they should do something with that point system because I don't really understand how you could be. I know well, they're trying to keep it open for the finals, but what the fuck's the point of the whole year then? If you if you're last place and you still can win at the, you know what I mean? Well, you have to come in like the there was two teams, the top two seeds didn't have to compete. For the first two rounds, right? Or first Thursday, round? Thursday night, yeah. So you get that bye. 
So you got to give Nashville credit. They they had to ride their way through it all. Yeah. They, they did. So and they did well. Um, our guys, Pacheco, um, Joel Henrique, and Silvano really stepped up. Really stepped. Up. Like who's engaged in it? I I have a I have a real solid feeling that this is going to take off. Um, so there was some interesting stuff went on down there. Yeah. Um, just shy of four million dollars paid out by the teams, bonus money and game money. One that oh, was it, not including the finals. What those made there, so that's a lot of dope. That's good, dope. That's good. That's fucking uh, how it should be. And then, did yeah, you, did you bring your bow rope out yet? No, fuck no, no, I didn't. Did you, Scott? Scott's ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> oh, Scott, we got to get to you, buddy. Sorry, Mr. Intro. How you doing? Scott Burns with us again. Obviously, just warming up his bow rope in the back of Home Depot. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. Yeah, like you guys have been busy. We've been rolling around. Um, oh, and a little, little, trip, little trip to Edmonton in the middle of the rolling around, too, eh, Scott? A little drive yeah. for you? Yeah, little drive. Yeah. No, it's it was good, man. That that Rogers place and that whole PBR Canada finals is awesome. It is jaw dropping. Um, that venue and, and the crowds this year. And yeah, it was lots of fun. I do not enjoy the drive home from Edmonton, but it's worth it, I guess. <laughs> How far is it for you? Like fucking 108 hours. <laughs> That's what it felt like anyway. <laughs> Especially Gosh. after, uh, a full weekend and losing all your money at the River Cree. Yeah, you know what? I uh, learned that uh, just because there's, when you're playing the colors on the roulette table, just because there's five or six blacks in a row doesn't mean that red's going to come up. So, <laughs> yeah, kind of lost my lost my shirt on that one. But yeah, I did that. And then, you know what? The the Posse, um, the Ty Posabon Foundation dinner was a hit with everybody again this year. And purchase some stuff to go towards the foundation and uh it was just a good weekend all around so good work there uh yeah that was pretty good yeah that was good eh? yeah it was a good uh good ordeal yeah let's jump into that i guess we'll start with that type Osborne foundation banquet kicked off the pbr canada finals thursday night would have been november uh 10th i'm pretty sure and um we've talked about here on the podcast before too but you know nice meal sell tables to to different groups and uh, we had lots of contractors buy tables uh sms equipment teton ridge some outside uh, of the sport people bought some tables uh, as well as all of us involved with uh awards ceremonies and scott mcn and yeah just a huge thanks to everybody i guess on my behalf and and from the type osborne foundation that helped out with starting with sean morton with the music and bringing all the the equipment for that and wacy anderson running all the video and uh, Lane Laplante making us a video. The list goes on and on. All the volunteers, everybody that supported Scott, you guys, your wife, everybody jumped on on board. Takes a village, right? It's it's not just me that that did it. There's tons of people that need to be involved to make that happen. And I think it was the best one we've ever had yet. Which was the coolest oh, part, yeah. I think, was having the the Pazibon family there. Yeah, uh, I was just gonna say it was great to see Leanne and Luke. Yeah, four years uh, that we've been doing them now, and and they came out, and I think it was big for them as well to see how loved and, and how much of an impact Ty 
had and still is having on the world and in the sport. Right. I think that was uh, what I enjoyed most about it was, was the feedback from them. Just seeing that. I had a good chat with Luke there and you know, he's, he, he felt bad cause he's never been before, but he just, he said, I couldn't do it. I wasn't ready. And uh, you know, I thanked him for coming this year because it would be tough, but you're right. They got to see, you know, the full impact of, you know, what's gone on um, since his passing. So, yeah, I think so. they're, they're probably real proud of. Yeah. For they sure. should be. They really should be. I think. And same with you, Tanner. What you guys created, um, it's great. You know, and and just on the night, um, this comes out tomorrow, today, yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow, yeah, Thursday. Uh, I got to uh, head to the hospital and see Coy finally yesterday, and presented yes. him his his PBR Canada Rookie of the Year buckle plaque jacket and whatnot, and he's already uh, halfway home. Nice. Uh, today yeah so, so he's going right home going right home and um you know what we did a 50 50 draw and and tamar breeze won the the 50 50 and donated it all back to boys so uh it was a great night it really was emotional night yeah, yeah. what all went on there too yeah we might have to rip this in the whole pot <laughs> itself what went on in the last <laughs> yeah no. no we'll try to we'll try to j- get the gist of everything as best we can but uh koi schmidt we'll touch on that people that don't know because this was our last one was after saskatoon so in saskatoon at the pbr canada last regular season event of the year koi was stepped on on the stomach and um was very very seriously injured has been in the icu what was it almost two weeks i guess right and yeah. uh liver uh damage to his liver they ended up taking his gallbladder out List goes on and on. He fought and fought, and it was very, very scary there for uh, quite a quite a long time for for Koi. But pulls through, and uh, obviously thoughts and prayers with Koi now moving forward as well. And um, all the the time that he had to go through in the hospital, and his parents, and just you know he's just a kid, nineteen years old. So um, so great that, that he was able future. bright bright future yeah. wins the rookie of the year this year in Canada. Wins a bunch of events and top five in the events. And, it's just coming on. He, he had a breakout performance the first day in Saskatoon as well. Rides in the five versus five, ends up you know in the top three of that, and then uh, that's bull riding right just next day from the highest to highest to the lowest to lows. But one of them deals that you know doesn't look all that bad from the outside, but one of those ones that stepped in the right spot and and you knew it was bad as soon as you as soon as you looked at him. And just so great that he's out of the hospital now and and um through that that dark time so fucking that's the part that's our fucking sport crazy yeah i don't know how to explain this and no one will know unless they've been in that situation or or as a bullfighter seen that enough but when koi got stepped on there's a i don't know there's a difference between being stepped on and a guy you know kind of cringes a bit or when he got stepped on i knew instantly that was something more serious than just being stepped on and uh gives you that eerie feeling and yeah he's a whatever you want to call it he's a lucky boy you know um that shit happens i know but i knew right away something wasn't right so crazy how how you can tell the difference immediately and it's crazy lots of times the ones that like look really really bad from the crowd like that are fucking guys just getting absolutely and they're totally fine and then ones that just like that just one step, but yeah, as you know, it's the right spot. And oh, fuck! Terrible. I always, I always said I always would rather be 
uh, you know, guys think that like muleys, for example, bulls with no horns, you know, they're easier or whatever, but I'd rather be hooked out of a Fuck wreck yeah. Yeah. than oh, be yeah. stepped on or run down. You I know what I mean? That. Yeah. At least with horns, you were pitching me out of there, but yeah. you know, Through the air. it's stuck. I don't know. You, you'd know, but it's loud underneath there when you're getting run over. There's a lot of shit going by balls banging off your forehead and bells. And yeah, it's yeah. crazy. How it goes, you don't but... know. You just have that eerie feeling that uh, something's around you and you're just waiting to see where it's going to step, where it's going to hit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's exactly. not a, not a fun feeling. So, yeah. So Koi though is, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. We didn't get to it, the injury, but yeah, like whatever happened to him now, he's, he's through it already now and, and getting out of it. So pretty amazing to see. And then, um, yeah, we did that 50, 50 and raised a bunch of money, about 2,500, I think it was for, for Koi. So, and then all, obviously the whole community got together and I know there was guys that were doing different stuff within the locker room at the PBR Canada finals. And it's a camaraderie and it is truly like a brotherhood. Right. And we all know that that it could be any one of us and you're, you're riding with those guys every weekend. You're sharing a locker room. You're helping them on that bowl. And just, uh, it's like one of your teammates or one of your brothers going down. So it was, you know, we got the stickers made. Kobe Moore did those. They were nice, uh, riding with Koi and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's just amazing to see how everybody comes together in, in times of trouble like that. And God, so grateful that this was one that wasn't the, the ultimate like we've seen before. So proud of Koi and hopefully we'll see him back here at some point soon. They said that liver yeah. goes back pretty quick. You know? Oh yeah. And he's, he's talking about it. So it's good. Yeah. So then moved on uh, to the banquet as well. Part of the, the, you know, we raised a bunch of money for the Ty Osborne Foundation, which we've got to give a shout out. Danny Van Denemiel doing the live auction for us there. That was a badass live auction. Got Scott for 900, I think. Hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah, got me for nine. Yeah. Got Nansen for eight. <laughs> got Nansen for 8K. But, uh, 8,900. Yeah. And, yeah, eight, uh, yes. Brock Radford and uh, his dad, I think they went half and half on it. Brown B Ventures, as well as uh, Scott, uh, Brock there. They bought a hand-painted skull by Ty's sister, Amy, 7500 bucks too. So that's huge, though. You know, all that stuff, it's it's big money, but all of it goes back to the health and well-being of Western lifestyle participants. So that's, I guess, the biggest thing with it is, right, is, is it's all going back and it's all going to come around in some way, somehow, towards these these athletes within the Western lifestyle. So all for a good cause and pretty cool to see everybody jump on board with that. Along with it was we did a big uh, award ceremony, gave buckles to all the, the personnel and everybody involved within the PBR Canada Finals. And a big, huge uh, presentation and uh, tearful situation throughout the Type Osmo Foundation, throughout the, the PBR weekend itself, was the retirement of our main man, Zane Lambert. So we got to touch on it once more. We'll try not to cry again. Fuck, I think I'm all cried out from it. That was funeral yeah. crying uh, during the fucking sad. thing. That was sad. He was crying. When I was good because it's it's like he's alive. So I kept telling myself, I'm like, fuck me. Like, we're going to go party tonight. Like, we're going to get fucked up tonight. So it's not the end of the world. But it's just kind of that sinks in, right? It's the end of an era. I've been with, through with Zane my whole career you guys know how it goes it's just like yeah. that's a, a piece of a chapter of his life that's done and a chapter of all of our lives that's been a big part of our lives is uh is moving on to something else but well, pretty cool jason you struggled uh, at you know the presentation at the pausebon uh banquet and uh rightfully so and then i had to interview him in the arena yeah um, right at rogers and holy cow and you know stacy uh, she was standing right beside me. And as I, 
as I started to get really choked up, I didn't want to do it because I knew that would choke Zane up and yada, yada, yada. She put her, kind of put her arm around me. I was like, Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is not good. I had so much. I wanted to say at the banquet, you know, I kind of had a little ready to go, but when you're, when your lips quivering and you're trying to just (laughs) keep it all together, it just, it all goes away. You know, it it really does. but. You talk. You talk about this sport and how things come full circle. I I shook Zane's hand and thanked him for all he's given back, and whether it's schools or autograph, whatever that guy he gives. And I give him a hug, and he he said to me, "Thanks for all the times you saved my life." You know, and that's <laughs> that's a big thing. You know, for that guy to recognize all the years that we rodeoed together and bull ridings and everything else. But when he said that, I was like, Oh God, here we go again. You know, but uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. 17 years, right? 17 years in a row. He went to the PBR Canada finals, which is a huge feat in itself, which, you know, and really I, I, I'm going to ask Aaron Roy because I think the only two he's missed was because of a broken back and a broken femur. So yeah. he's excuses. he's got to be close. Fucking yeah, excuses. excuses. <laughs> we'll make sure we bring that up one day. With oh. him too. <laughs> that does. That's crazy though, too. And um, I think the thing with Zane is that like he's he he's not one of those guys like somebody else or anybody else that you know has a few friends or whatever. But then there's some guys that don't like uh, you know there's. He never is in the drama. He's never had any issues. No. Everybody fucking likes Zane. Everybody looks up to Zane. Everybody in the locker room, everybody outside the locker room. He was like the epitome of the nice guy. And I was telling this to Megan on the way home. The fucking like definition of of a fucking bull rider. Loved the sport. Like lived, breathed all a day, every day. Only thing thought of bull riding for all those years, right? After all the injuries he's been through. I can't say that about myself, right? I was always doing other things and and um, would get mad at the sport. Fuck whatever else, right? Like I was a bit of a poor sport no. now and again. Would you? <laughs> yeah. He never had that. He always like bull yeah. riding is the coolest fucking thing in the world and number one. And he lived and breathed it and was the fucking definition of a bull rider, which I think, Jason, you can talk about the uh, the award that you guys made in his name now that definitely does epitomize what he is. Well, for sure. Um, and, and I got to give all the credit to Pete. He went to, um, not battle, but he had to go through the PBR to get all approved and whatnot. But it's the Zane Lambert Lifetime Achievement Award. And it's, it's going to be handed out. Zane will be on that committee of people that pick that person in the coming years who gives their life to the sport of PBR um you know how, how do you let a guy go without honor him and it's honoring him in some way in that regard and uh, I don't know I'd like to think I wasn't the only person probably holding back tears at the Paws Bond Foundation um that night when we when we presented that award um you know the the opening video at Rogers we did we, we, uh, we filmed that in Lethbridge so Pete, you know, being the Pete, Pete's like Barbara Walters. He's trying to make you choke up yeah. when you're talking to you. He calls me uh, right after he had Zane in there, and he's like, "JD, I couldn't get him to, I couldn't get him to crack. Like he is, he's <laughs> solid. <laughs> like, well, 
I bet you we get him when he's standing in that out because we scripted how we introduced him obviously Saturday night in front of some people. And um, that was a tough, I had, a, I was, I had him rolling down my face again. And yeah, I bet you too. there was people that didn't even know Zane Lambert that had tears rolling down their face. I think, uh, well, what better place to send him off? Our biggest stage, our, the greatest building um, night. It was awesome. He, yeah. he deserved every bit of it. He really did. He deserves all that. Fucking a standing O and oh yeah, it was it standing. was good. You guys did good. It was a good script and it was. He, uh, let's standing O. He got a standing O three or four times. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. pretty. That's pretty wild. You know, he got that re ride and they were yeah. standing O there, and then he got on his second bull and they were standing up again. And I I just like the way Zane put it best. He said. This isn't the end. It's just another chapter, right? Yeah. This is he. Exactly. That that's that's his. That's what's good about him. He's always optimistic. Glass half full guy. Yeah. And he said in his things like the what he always wanted to do was make enough money to buy himself a place of his own and raise his kids and stay in the sport. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's going out uh, at the top of his game still. And, you know, he's got his place now just outside of Pinocchio. Got a little three-hole golf course on there and everything that he's ever wanted. And and now he can watch his two boys. And, you know, that's the thing. They're going to be in the sport too. And he's going to stay in the sport. And he's he's been following through with everything that he's wanted to, to do within the sport. And he's going to keep going with it. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but he was kicked by the bull the last one he got on. The yeah, I broke face. his hand. <laughs> fucking shattered it. Shattered his fucking hand, poor guy. Oh, that's boring. That's boring. That's boring. Right yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's cool. And with that, too, we'll move on. But uh, we'll, we're going to get Zayner on here uh, probably the next episode or one of these next episodes whenever he's got the time. He's doing some movie yeah. stunts now. He's doing some. He's doing some uh, behind the scenes work for this show that he's been busy with here the last little bit, but uh, we're going to get him on and uh, we'll talk all about his career and everything like that. We got some good stories from the road. I got to oh, spend quite a bit of time oh, with that guy. <laughs> ho- hopefully uh, he's not uh, doing handstand stunts. Might hurt right now. <laughs> broken fucking hand. <laughs> yes, it could. Uh, PBR Canada Finals itself, we crown a new Canadian champion in the name of Nick Tetz. Yes, well, sir. Nicky Tetz steps up to the plate, smashes out 288s, and comes out on top as the 2022 Canadian champion with 107 some thousand dollars in earnings on the year. Uh, kind of a, I would say, a sleeper. He's a younger guy that, you know, you had like your Dakota Putter pick in there. You know, you had... Uh, cover Chuck jumping in there, Aaron. You know the Wiley veterans that are Rock. always in it. Rock, hundred percent. Rock. The end. You know the Wiley vets that are always kind of in there. Nick, this was his breakout year, and bam, wins the fucking title and couldn't be prouder of that kid. That's awesome. Well, and Coy too. Um, I think if mm-hmm. Coy would have had some higher go round placings, but that's where these guys got to understand these touring pro events. Like, what are we talking about here? Uh, Fifth. 50 points from first to second. Um, that's that's two touring pros. That's it. How many points that's, was it? Was it 26 points or fi- what did you say? 50 points? I'll tell you here. I thought Brock told me it. something like 26, but that might have been is wrong. that what it was? 26? Yeah, 26 and a half points. That's yep. that is the win in Yorkton. That is yep. the difference right there. Oh, so when guys decide, you know, they're gonna stay at home or or go somewhere else, you know, that's a $50,000 decision you're making. 
Every bowl counts. That's Every crazy. bowl counts. Plus the press that comes with being the national champ. Nick's going to get propped up here now, and and he deserves that. He really does. I I, I think the future is really bright. You you know we fast support so to speak with a Zane Lambert, and now you got the Nick that you know it'll be great to see what we you know back from a guy like him. You got Dusty Golden. Nobody knows that name. Write it down. Yeah. There's some good kids coming up. You know who yeah. I think is the number one bull rider right now in Canada is like the hottest guy going. Jared Parsons just won uh, the title, but didn't have the CFR that he wanted to have. Uh, we're getting to him. That's our interview today. For those that don't know, Jared Parsons coming up. It's a really good one. A little, a lot of fun. Uh, but the hottest guy going right now in the last two weeks through the CFR and the um, PBR Canada finals, in my opinion, is Coy Robbins. Coy Robbins. Mm-hmm. Won the average at the CFR, rode all his bulls at the PBR Canada Finals. There's nobody that rode better in the last two months of the season, I don't think, than Coy Robbins. And and only went to uh, where did he get here? I'll tell you, 22 events. Yep. 22 events. So, and I'll give Coy a hard time. He knows I will. He's 55 points leader. He gets mm-hmm. to five more events. Did He's he end up third? Team. Did you know third? Fourth. Fourth. Who was third? Yeah. Uh, Butters. Butters was, hey? Yeah. Well, and our cool. boy Logan Beaver not being able to compete at the last three events, including the final, still holds on to uh, fifth spot. Nice. 77, 77 points. I really thought, you know, if, if Beaver's healthy, I, I there is near the drama. We didn't know who was getting that check. Scott and I up on the stage. That's how tight it was. Yeah, we, we had no either. idea. I, I legit thought it, thought was, it was. I thought it was Brock. Yeah, I thought it was between Brock and Coy. And then when you guys announced, we were in our locker room changing, and then you guys announced. Yeah, Nick was, was in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now they run and get him. Those two big eighty-eight point rides, which could have been for sure nineties. Both those rides. Oh, here we go. Should both we get of into those. Oh, I don't know. I think that's been discussed enough. Yeah, the Jetty no. drama, but. No, I think it is what it is. And I think a guy like Nick, Nick, same thing, didn't let any of the other shit bother him that some of the other guys were letting bother them and focused on riding bulls and, and you know, rode those bulls. Same as Jared, stayed on his bulls, rode all the bulls. I think yeah. that uh, there's the outside influences. I let them get to me all the time, always trying to fucking be the guy that was helping whatever, everybody else out and all that stuff. And it, instead of just focusing on riding bulls and you get to a point in your career, and I think Jared's there now where it's just – Focus on your job, do your job, go win the money, right? All the other shit. There's going to be ups and downs. You're going to have good scores. You're going to have bad scores. You're going to have all different. It's a judge sport. So no matter what you do, somebody's going to think you did it wrong. If you focus on your task at hand, the one thing that you can control, which is riding your fucking bulls, they can't beat you like a Jared Parsonage. Yep, absolutely. My opinion. Um, Bull of the year goes to Phantom Fury. Of the wild hogs, another kind of come from behind her there, which uh, it was a tight race for that as well. At the end of the season, I bought a phenomenal out with uh, Chad Hartman in the short round to jump him. Did he win both the finals and bowl of the year? Yeah, yeah, nice little weekend for him. About a just shy of fourteen thousand dollar payoff for one trip. One trip. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, how, many, how many entry fees do you got to pay to win that at a classic? <laughs> I don't know how it works. <laughs> same team or all same team. I know where you're going though. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. 
No, All it's right. pretty cool to see. And it's just a nice fucking little rubber-footed mule. He pops in the air, spins to the left. That's a, that's a great bull for bull riders, for everybody. <laughs> I like that thing a lot. Scott, <laughs> what stood out to you was uh, maybe the highlight of the of the weekend throughout the finals. There were so many different storylines and so many different things that were going on. The arena itself, the fucking crowd Saturday night was through the roof. What was uh, what was the highlight for you? I, I would have to say the race. Like like you said, it was anybody's game. And and some of the storylines that we had going on as far as the TV was concerned, you know, nothing kind of played out like we thought it was. I mean, like we thought it was going to. Obviously, Dakota Butter, Brock Radford, you know, Brock was making that surge and just didn't pan out in the end. And I guess that's just the way it goes. But, yeah, every every – kind of had a, a theory of how it should go and it, and it definitely you know i mean don't get me wrong nick was in the hunt and um i think just in the end it was the it was the way it all played out and it made it good i mean it's interesting and that's it's that's the good part about it you just never know it's bull ride Brock, what about you tanner well what do you think what highlight you, for me uh, highlight for me would be probably the retirement of little shorty. I thought that was kind of cool. Just, I know that was, we didn't make it a big or public deal and we didn't do a big thing for him in the arena, but, uh, that bulls made myself and a lot of guys, a lot of money over the years. They've won most everything. Calgary stampede, every freaking big event. He's always the number one or two pick bull. And, uh, we did our retirement for him there in his last trip, Coy Robbins rides him for 88 points. So went out on top like that. That was probably pretty cool for me to see. You never want them to go out on a bad note or have a bad trip for their last note. So that was cool as well as, um, I guess, just, you know, doing the job. You know, everybody walked out of there safe. There was, you know, nobody got hooked or hurt. We had to do a couple moves to get in there to, to make sure that everybody was safe, you know, that. You know, there wasn't a whole bunch of work, um, but I think that's always the best way to go about it when you're when you're flowing and everybody's in the right spot most of the time. Uh, it worked out good. So I think probably that getting out of there, getting out of there good and clean and getting another Canadian finals under my belt was uh, probably the highlight. And then Zane Lambert. There's so many. Like you say, there's so many different things. Yeah. Jason, you? Um, well, the Zane. The Z- Ticket sales. <laughs> Tick, yeah okay on the business side of it yeah we uh we were already at uh 2021 20, oh, friday morning when we got up yeah. brett the hitman hard had already asked so that was good and you know i got to spend some time with some of our sponsors and, and sponsors and uh just the comments um you know even from your buddy brad scott um he's like this isn't me this isn't my style of event but he goes that's a show yeah. your sound man was playing and i don't know what the heck he mentioned i'd never even heard of them before sound- yeah me neither i'm like oh okay sounds good yeah and he's just like like this you know you're at an event when they're playing that <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah and, I think this, the feedback, and, brad, the and brad has brad has been to you know brad he's been to every major concert whatever there ever has been and sunday morning when we were loading up to leave i'll just reiterate what you said I met him in the lobby and he, he was still like, that was the best thing I have ever been to. It was yeah. action packed from start to finish. My, my girlfriend is in love with Brinson. Um, <laughs> you know, so 
it was yeah, it was good. Princeton's uh, uh, on point too. Fuck, he's good. He's fucking. Yeah. You know, ah, hey. he seems to be getting better and better too. He just he's got his first right UTB. Flint, he does. Flint, Flint's booked over the NFR, so he's going to his first UTB. Tucson? Nice. No, not Tucson. Whatever's the next week, probably. Yeah, but he deserves yeah. it, man. He's on the ball and he's got his shit figured out tight. I tight, do. I do, I do want to add one more thing. Our old buddy Brett Gardner, um, like he is. He is the voice and we obviously know that he is the best out there. And, but, you know, even from the tribute to Zane to bringing crowds up and down and, and, and that guy, he's, is the quarterback behind there. There's a lot of voices in his head. And I don't mean that in the, in the crazy sense in that, you know, he's got a producer in one ear, he's got Pete. Oh yeah. He's got to do a lot of shit that no one really realizes and still makes it sound flawless. So well, and, kudos yeah. to him. Yeah, I agree. Um, and he's running two shows, well, right? He's running well, the exactly. live show and TV in his ear. Yeah, he's got has- somebody in his ear at all times. If, if you guys could hear it, because I hear what he hears when it comes from um, yeah, Larry too. Isaac, our producer. Yeah, he, you're right, Tanner. They're counting him out for TV, counting him in for TV, and not a person in that audience would know that that is happening. That's how that's how yeah. good he is. So and do you I, guys uh, ever have to talk when somebody's fucking talking in your ear? It's impossible. Oh, it's impossible. Well, I said that. it in the in our last production meeting, and I mean it. You know, it always gets over overused, and you see it on every post. The best production, the best, the best. I meant what I said in there. Yeah, you know, have a look around and tell me who you would rather go into any event with than the guy across from you, the woman beside you, or the you know, or the person right next to you. Ooh. Yeah. And send me a text so I can grease on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get any. Te- I didn't get any texts. No, it's good. It's good crew. Well oiled machine that rolls pretty pretty smooth and a guy like brett just like you say when you got those guys that know exactly what to do when to do it how to do it it just makes everybody else's job around them easier right that'd be great for brinson as well too with brett right like they just know when to when to feed off each other when to roll we always say you know he brett's the quarterback and at the pausable foundation dinner i'd look at him and i'd go okay well do you want to do this part and he's like no he just look at me with kind of that spark like no you're gonna do this like he's <laughs> he's making me do shit that's outside of my comfort zone but i guess uh, that's just a way of pushing you a little harder and making you learn and do stuff so that's good too there she goes uh highlight two speaking of phantom fury you gotta go back uh that was the bullet lonnie west wins the last regular season cup event with uh in saskatoon um, a great score really set that bull up for a bowl of the finals or bowl of the year title event went too. So that can't be overlooked. And then Lonnie, uh, back to a few injuries, but hopefully he gets those healed up. He had both shoulders tied down and he says that he doesn't need surgery on them and he's just going to take some time off to, to heal those up again, which does suck because Lonnie, like Saskatoon, the weekend before that, during the CFR, was the, one of the best guys there. So, Fuck, we just got to get that guy healthy, and there's no telling what he could do. I felt bad for him when he left on, I guess, Saturday morning in the lobby. He shook, he was shaking hands with his with the wrong hand because obviously yep. of injury, and he, you know, you can just kind of see it was like this beat down and time to go home, I guess. So, um, hopefully, speedy recovery to him, like you said. And then Brock Radford 
for the third time now has been the number two man in Canada, which has to fucking sting for a guy. But uh, I was looking to at the stats and listening to actually to Zane Lambert interviews and uh, Zane talked about it in his career that he was, he never thought he was going to get over the hump and win that Canadian championship three, four five years. He was second place to Chiffner, um, Aaron Roy, most of those years. And it always came down to the finals and he could never get over the edge. And then he finally did. Then he was a two-time champ after all that too. So I know it looks dim and Brock's probably pissed off and mad, but I mean, at least you're in the hunt, at least you're not fucking 10th place or something like that. Yeah. Right. So you got to look at the positives and know that keep grinding, keep putting your head down and fucking putting in the work. That first place, uh, first place will come at some point. <laughs> I know one other thing that's a highlight of, of the finals weekend, but the size of the goddamn clock in that building, <laughs> that, that, that thing is massive. My, my son, Dylan, he's just like, he was like, this is the craziest building I've ever been in in my life. Some lady took them for a tour, yeah. you know, showed them kind of the behind the scenes. And he was in awe. And if you watch the crowd as the bull ride is going on, there's lots watching live. But there's lots staring up at that because how can you not, right? It's yeah. that, that thing is unreal. Unreal. Yeah. She's quite the building all around. Pretty wild right there in the middle. Edmonton, pretty cool that we can have a bull ride in there and finish it off there. And Jason, I think we're going back there. Is that uh, public knowledge? Yeah. Yeah. We got a two year deal in place. So that's, that's where we're at till 24. Perfect. All in all, though, full wrap up on the PBR Canada season. I think it was, it's always easy to say it's the best one yet at the end of the year. But I think coming out of COVID and all the bullshit that was going on. And then to have the season that we had to have the race that we had the bull race, every aspect of it, I think was just souped up more than it's ever been. And I think we just keep growing on that. And the guys are buying in. You see the guys, you got a guy like Nick Tetz just within the PBR Canada. We talked about it with Jared in this podcast coming up, but I talked about it with Zane as well. And he always talked about a dream of his was by the time he retired, that there was guys, Canadian kids, young kids that could make a living just within Canada, make over a hundred thousand dollars just riding in Canada. And, and he was pretty happy when those results came back, we were sitting in the hotel room. We obviously had a Sunday fun day at the West Edmonton mall, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, when zip lining, Layla went zip lining as well. Anyway. Um, so he got, got those results and looked on his phone and it showed that Nick set the record in 107,000. And he was more excited about that. I think than he was for his retirement. He's like, I've always wanted this. I've always, this is what we've always been pushing for is, more money, all this stuff. So hats off to Jason, you guys, everybody, all the production producers, everybody within this Canadian realm that's stepping up to the plate and making sure that these guys can make a living riding bulls. It's pretty amazing to see. And I'm sure Nick and all the bull riders are happy. And you kind of see that. Do you guys see that right now? Mm-hmm. I see a ship. Everybody, all the posts, everybody, the bull riders are putting out a, appreciative and wanting to be a part of this PBR team, which they've all been rodeo guys for a long time. And it's kind of, it's good. Both, both of them are good. They're both working, but are there, are they do find there is a shift of these guys wanting to to jump on this PBR Canada bandwagon. Um, did you come to the rider meeting? Banner? No, no, I didn't. I had some interesting stuff uh, for the guys to, to go over there that I'd never dissected before. Um, nobody pays any more money than PBR Canada, any association. And they shouldn't. That's the way I've always wanted it to be. And, Last two years, we've been there. We, uh, on the year, go down the top 20 guys, any association, PBR Canada pays more. If you even go to the next 10, we're still number one. 
and uh, any finals, add up all the finals money from any association and PBR is number one. I was, I don't know why I didn't do that last year, um, but uh, I took the time to do a little math this year on that. So, and we plan on taking that to another level, you know, no entry fees here in Canada next year for any PBR record. We haven't been doing it for the cup events forever. Yeah. Um, oh, no shit. The, I didn't yeah. know that. So minimum prize, prize money, money jumped up yeah. to 12,500. So the guys won't be riding for less. They're just not riding for each other's money. Yeah. Well, we did some, I am we getting did my moral boat. On, on some, of the, <laughs> some of these smaller events, you're basically riding for your traveling partner's money. The entry fees, just a pot. Yeah. 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 You know, you take a $3,000 added event. Call it whatever you want. I don't care. There's no $3,000 PBRs. So you take a $3,000 added event and you got 30 guys that are paying 120 bucks. Well, over 50% of that money is your own mm-hmm. and your buddies. Your yeah. And I, yeah. So when I, when I did those numbers, um, which we had surpassed, um, our, our ratio of entry fee with low entries through the summer was I, I would guess at maybe 10% of that money where we figured in some of the other spots, it was more or less 35% and above was your own money. I told the guys, I said, I'm saving you on 30 events, whatever X amount, four grand on entry fees. That's there's your endorsement for the year right there. You guys all want to sponsor? Well, you got one. Now. Yeah. Put it on black at roulette, pocket. the river. Yeah, there you, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, hey, so if, it, it, they were great. Yeah. Hey, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that's a great hotel, and they treat you good. And have yeah. a lot of fun there. It's <laughs> yeah. nice with it's it, it's nice to have everybody under one roof and be able to slide down and have you know have a toddy as they yeah. say a hot toddy and, <laughs> and visit and do whatever. And unlike you, you had a fun day Sunday. Did you have, have a hung day Monday? No, actually, like we're old right now, kind of thing. So we had the kids. It was more. It was more. We swam all fucking day, and Layla went on the zip line on all these big water slides, which were over my head. I don't know why she was liking them, but she was all into it. So by the time it was like six o'clock and the pool closed, we ended up ordering Chinese food up to the room. Prescott and his fam and Zane and his fam and mine, and we just ate and everybody had a cup of whiskeys and talked about some shit and went to bed. We were in bed by like eleven o'clock. So no. Nice. The CFR, on the other hand, I didn't have my family with me. That was a little bit of a wild one. I think I was still tired from the CFR for the PBR Canada finals. So <laughs> we, got, we got through it. But um, yeah, I felt like, um, well, what was it? Sunday of the CFR, I felt like the fighting bull did Saturday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got you. You felt like just flopping over? Flopping over and calling it quits. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, no, that's one thing I do. I wanted to um, get into. I did that. My first um, CFR got through that. Uh, that was fun. Mostly uh, the funnest part I found was just like the um, the the crew that was around there. I got to hang out with uh, Dustin Thompson, um, the Corky, and Billy Richards, Kyle Danes. That was my uh, that was our crew in the locker room. And big shout outs to those guys, avid listeners of the show, Jason. They were. Uh, they they enjoyed the show. They were talking about it a lot. So, uh, Who's that? uh Corky and Billy Richards and oh, Kyle yeah. Danes and all the 
yeah, the yeah. old bronc riding crew so they run like the the production and and um the in arena stuff shoot boss and all the different stuff within the, the cfr there as well as turkey tanner girlets and um that crew of, crew of guys so it's a really good crew a fun crew around there kind of the old the old rodeo bronc riders and we we're you know same thing sat around and after the perps every day and tell stories and drink some beers and reminisce the good old times but big shout outs that was the biggest thing i've had i think from the three weeks that we've been off of this is the amount of people that just lights you up just where's the pod where the fuck's the pod <laughs> yeah i know yeah. i know hey i ran into billy the old stock guy for pbr pbr teams there uh we had a bullshit on uh, sunday and he said you make sure you guys tell tanner keep him pumping i love him he, nice. he goes yeah. yeah that's our style yep no, no shout out to billy he's been listening Good to see you again, Billy. Good, yeah. good. Yeah, Scott, you've been having the same. Hey, you got lots of people out there. Scott's got a full fucking Manitoba fan base, I think, out there. Right oh, now. yeah. They, I, I hear it. I'm telling you, I, I hear it from them with it. You know, if one's missing, um, <laughs> they will let me know. where, And it usually starts out, where the fuck's Bud? Where the fuck's Bud? I'm like, I, I'm not the leader here. I, I just go and they tell me. So uh, it, was, uh, it is uh, good. It's good to to know that people are listening and enjoying them. The hardest thing about scheduling these is I have to schedule around your essential Hornets fucking schedule for your team, you know? Yeah. Your yeah. I know I, I had a skate the other night there. I was pretty sore after cause I had to be, be I had to practice defense, right wing, left wing center and strap the pads on. Oh, you're the, you're the, you're the Stetson right of the Hornets. Are you? <laughs> I am the fucking Stetson right of the Hornets telling you uh hey have we had one since bear got traded no no we haven't yeah that's just a new opportunity boy he slid right in there he's been playing playing well for him he's got his first one the other night last night actually where do you go is he he's with seattle no where vancouver. Do you to? vancouver vancouver yeah then bear yeah he's with the former podcast guest luke shen apparently yeah. apparently uh i'm gonna have to read something here you guys keep talking it's well, we're going to get into uh, an ad read quick here, Scott. Okay, you and, do that ad read, and I'm going to come up with an NFP uh, plug here. For perfect. You. Good. Okay. This ad read is for our friends, Scott's newest best friends, at Riverside Dodge. Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan is home of the award-winning Ram truck. They're the brand-new trust to haul a trailer load of rank bulls along with your crew up front in the cab. Whether you want to go check fences or tailgate outside the next PBR event, the boys at Riverside Dodge have the right truck for you. Riverside Dodge is not only the dealer of choice in northern Saskatchewan, but also sells and services all across western Canada. Go see Ty and the gang at Riverside Dodge for a fair, no-bullshit deal on your next truck. Tell them Tanner, Jason, or Scott, anybody from the NFB podcast, sent you. Riverside Dodge and Prince Albert is the official truck dealership and sponsor of the NFP podcast and the official dealership of Scott Burns' new vehicles, <laughs> Scott Burns' home. <laughs> hey, Scott. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, yeah, I bought the truck, and now we decided we'd uh, trade the old Lamborghini off, bless her soul, <laughs> uh, and bought a, a 2022 Durango. So, nice. Yeah, uh, hats off to uh, Ty and the gang, Lonnie, and uh especially Kevin Fiddler, the salesman who has put up with my bullshit for the last two or three weeks. Uh, we got her handled anyways. So um, it's, it's all good. It's all yeah. good. Yeah. It, we got one coming. I put the deposit on it today. So. Boom. So since bear got traded to van there, him and Luke, they trained together, Luke Chen and, you know, 
hashtag NFP does have a bit of a following, obviously. And what started as a bit of a joke. Anyway, uh, Luke got into a tilt there last week. So I him after, um, you know, good, good job. A good fight, too. Fucking good yeah. tilt. Yeah. Anyway, he, uh, he goes, he's like, LOL. I told Bearsy that would be Ethan. But the timekeeper got a phone call in the penalty box and passed the phone to me, and it was JD just to call and tell me NFP. (laughs) 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 I seriously laughed out loud with that. It was good. And then he's like, so I texted him back in LOL a couple hundred times, and then he said, "Uh uh-huh. Me and Barry's would probably tell each other on the bench about 30 times a game. NFB, he loves it. So. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's badass. So is he liking it then? Uh, Loving it. Is, that yeah, that was his spot. If he could have picked a place, that's where he wanted to go. So uh, I'm just glad it's working out for both sides. He's got a contract up here at the end of the year too, right? He's only a year away from free agents. So, he is, right? Contract um, year? Yeah. He's doing what he needs to do, and uh, he likes it. I think you got to be in an environment, obviously, where you like. You want to be in a work where you're happy and comfortable, and uh, you just like anything. There. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, exactly. Cool. Okay. Well, we have been rolling for a long time. I'm sure we missed nine. What the fuck? Emergency alerts? Oh, you, you guys got that too? too? I, I got, got one too. Yeah. Other. yeah. Oh. I got an emer- I got an emergency alert. I watched this guy just walk out of the local home hardware here. Yeah. That sucker was weighed in at 350 and crawled into like a Honda Civic. Yeah. And that sucker <laughs> sat down to the when he sat down, the mud flaps touched the fucking pavement. <laughs> it was hilarious. You had to see it. Poor bastard. Anyway, emergency should buy some, alert. should maybe buy a three quarter ton at uh, Riverside Dodge so that wouldn't happen. <laughs> nice plug. Very nice <laughs> plug. <laughs> <laughs> um okay a couple other housekeeping items to talk about uh, i told you guys in the last episode that i had retired my hard hat and vest from the fencing gigs well i didn't i went back on the fencing line and we did one more highway job me and the boys and banged it out so i i lied about that i guess but one of them deals hard hat well away. speaking of retirement too i told big r you guys got to bring i didn't know little shorty i don't know how i missed that one but he's got to come back for one more sorry one more. maybe pa maybe this one here yeah um, could do that downer i don't know where something like that he's good he left on a good note i you knew it it was on this podcast so so much you listen well, to say on this exactly. podcast yeah that's you're like the guy that's just thinking you know what about they all what say he needs to bring up about himself no next. no i was probably <laughs> thinking about what i had to do as soon as we got off because I, <laughs> my day doesn't have enough hours in it Look at my hair. Look at my hair. You guys see my haircut? Grass is not growing a busy street, man. Yeah, just so you know, Jason, when I get out, when I get done on NFP podcast, I do fuck all the rest of the day. So it's all good. (laughs) I wish someday I'll be to that, you know, but not right now. (laughs) Oh, Uh, God. Yeah. Speaking of Brinson, I've got to get off the phone and get on the phone with the government of British Columbia so I can get a permit so we can bring the little back. Yep. All the different moving parts. It's good. Uh, as well, boys, I made my debut in the movie stunt world uh, right before the CFR did me a sweet stunt. So we'll keep everybody informed on that. No big deal, but might be getting an Oscar. Toot toot. I don't know for sure. We'll nice. see. What do you guys nice. think? <laughs> wow. Uh, those are pretty cool. Yeah. 
So other than that, I think we're set. You guys have anything else that we are going to talk about? I think that was a pretty good recap on the season. And we're looking forward to, I guess, now next to the NFR, watching our interviewer here, Jared Parsons. He talks about it, but all of our guys, the the Wright brothers, Zeke Thurston, all of our 3D athletes, as well as all the Canadian athletes and everybody, that's kind of the next uh, big hoorah is the NFR that we'll have to do some picks and, and some uh, talking about next time we have this podcast. I think I know who Jason's pick is for most every event all around yeah <laughs> most everybody's picked for that well I, they i wonder how long they're gonna wait they announce he is the all-around is he already last year it? i think it was in july yeah yeah no shit they yeah. added one in in august last year i think too but like flint said on a show he's like i don't know why they waited to eight they had the math but this year is a complete blowout yeah I well, gotta so, make some drama with it. Hey, you gotta wait till there's a dead spot and then fill the hole with that. Yeah, I guess. Right. Sure. You know how it goes. Okay, I'd read this next interview with Jared Parsonage is brought to you by Get Hooked Up. For the biggest moments under the brightest lights in the biggest situations, get hooked up. Hooked Up Enterprises is a creative partner for Western sports and beyond, providing customized arena wear for some of Rodeo's most elite athletes and state-of-the-art arena wrap display products for some of Western sports' most prestigious events. They're the official in-arena gear of the NFB podcast. Find out more at www.get-hookedup.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Stand up, stand out, stay hooked. I like that one. All right, fellas, that was good to get back in the game. Um, now that all these finals and everything have kind of slowed down, hopefully, I know I say this every time, but hopefully we can keep banging these out every second week. So we won't be back next week, but the following week we'll be back. And um, I'm going to try to get, get it with old Zane Lambert to talk some stories of retirement and life on the road from there. But we'll keep everybody on the in the loop on uh, on that. And we appreciate all the support and taking the time to listen to these podcasts as well as give us your feedback on, uh, on the, like, keep bumping them out. As long as you guys like them, we keep bumping them out. So with that, Jason, Scott, that was fun. Appreciate you. Love you guys. Love all of our listeners. And this is our interview with Jared Parsonage. The 2022 PBR Canada National Finals event winner in what was one of the hardest fought and most contested finals we have seen in modern day history. There is one cowboy that reigns supreme, and he is the man that we call the Cowboy. From Maple Creek, Saskatchewan, ladies and gentlemen, PBR Canada Finals champion, this is Jared Parsonage. Well, Brett says it best, you're the cowboy. You come from a cowboy community, you, li you live it, you eat it, you breathe it every day. And, you know, you've been up and down the road a lot this year. You've been from one end of the country to the other, north, south. And it's things like this. You ride as tough as you do. And when you show up, them guys pick their heads up because they know you're coming for it. And this is an event winning. Let's just talk about it. What, what was going through your mind getting on that last bull? Well, I kind of got first pick there in the end. And I haven't. I'd seen that bull quite a bit. He's been a really good bull, and I honestly didn't think he was going to make me have to work that hard for it, but he brought it today, and I had to bring it back. As we move on, uh, your year is not done yet. You're heading south to the Yellow Shoots of Las Vegas, and uh, that's what you've been striving for your whole life. And, and to you know leave, there, leave here headed that way with, with this under your belt, it's got to be uh, a confidence builder. Yeah, you know, uh, that's something I worked really hard at this year, and it's a dream come true, and 
something I'm pretty excited about here in a couple of weeks. And you know, this event leading up to this, you want to set the tone on the right foot. And I'm pretty excited it went the way it did. Our guest today is a three-time Canadian champion, two times in the bow riding, one time an all-around champ, a seven-time CFR qualifier, a seven-time PBR Canada qualifier, as well as a PBR World Finals qualifier. And in a few short weeks, he will make his debut in the Yellow Bucket Shoots at the NFR. From Maple Creek, Saskatchewan, in the words of Brett Gardner, it's the cowboy, Jared Parsonage. Jared. Where's the Kid Rock? How you doing today? Yeah, I love that. I love Kid Rock going for the intro of the whole podcast. <laughs> uh, good, good. Thanks for thanks for having me. <laughs> good to have you, buddy. How's things? You just got home from a very successful weekend, PBR Canada Finals, but uh, we'll get into that in a minute. What's, uh, what's going on now? What do you got on the go here in life? Yeah, good to be home. Just... Uh, Getting everything organized, vaccinated some calves today. Calves are weaned. I don't know. Did Shot some coyotes vaccine? this morning. Oh, no. They get everything. Shoot, they're Pfizer? fully vaccinated. Pfizer or <laughs> well, if Trudeau would buy the vaccine, it would help out. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, no. No, I'll get some stuff around here done and work done before everybody leaves in December. So, yeah, things have been good. I think I asked you when. serious. When- when do you officially leave for, for the NFR? 27th. So i got to be there the 28th. I guess the back number thing is the 29th. Check in the 28th. You guys are going to drive down, Jared? Yeah. Yeah. It's a only 16 time. hours from here. So it's yeah. 16 hours and it's four hours to an airport. By the time you piss around with all that stuff and with a kid and everything that comes with having a kid, it's easier to drive. <laughs> and not have a vehicle for... 15 yeah. days in Las Vegas probably wouldn't be the easiest either. Where do they exactly. got you guys stand? Treasure Island. Treasure Old Island. TI, eh? Oh, yeah. you better make sure you win because that fashion show mall is right across the street. <laughs> Tulsa, Tulsa is going to have her way with your visa over there, man. Yeah, might run it up. Well, might as well. Somebody's got to. That's true. <laughs> well, the amount of money you've been winning here lately, that's all good. And then no kidding. Add to it down what's, there, I'm sure. What's I don't the season earnings at here, John Wayne, to date? After, uh, what'd you oh, get out of, Edmund, out of Red Deer? Red Deer, 27. I had 82,000 in the CPRA. And I think like 53 or 54,000 in the PBR. Damn. What was the check you got in Edmonton? 39.5. She was a good one. It was Not nice bad. to see you sign that. I'm more than happy to sign those kind of checks. I'm just glad it went through. I saw it went through the bank today. I'm just glad I'm just glad you got the money. Glad I wasn't headed to headed up to Saskatoon right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, this guy you got. Uh, that's pretty good though for like you know even for when you started jerry to think of uh whatever the math is over a hundred thousand just in canada without that's before your u.s earnings and all that sort of stuff right that's pretty got to be pretty cool to see for you and all the guys that you can make that much money not without leaving canada yeah it's awesome it just shows it just shows everybody like how much opportunity there actually is up here if you want to like really focus on riding bulls and be serious about it that there's good money to be made with very minimal expenses against it yeah, sure. yeah. what did nick tets he won over a hundred thousand right for 107 107 yeah. on the year i just looked today because i was kind of curious i think dalen had the 
excuse me, I think Dalen had the single season earnings record at 98 something from 2019. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, was two, did you pay 50 in 2019? Yep. I did. That was the first year, right? Yeah. That's correct. In Saskatoon. Right. And then uh, right. it was 20 in 2020. We just thought we'd keep the 20s lined up, you know, and save ourselves a little money because it was so, it <laughs> yeah. was so lucrative. <laughs> It was, so, it was so profitable with people yeah. in the building. <laughs> and covered, I think Coverchuck was, uh, I want to say he was just shy of 90,000 last year, and Nick was 107 this year. I wonder, if Nick, for Nick. I wonder if Nick went and bought a semi like Coverchuck did. <laughs> no, but I did talk to him, and he was at Home Depot with Maddie, and they were buying stuff for home reno and i'm like oh Oh, maybe leave maddie at home you never (laughs) take your wives or girlfriends or fiancés shopping for house stuff (laughs) because home depot probably ain't where they want to find their stuff yeah can tell you for free it eats up a hundred thousand pretty fast (laughs) (laughs) pretty quick jerry how many days is it uh that you will be in las vegas for the nfr what's the total number look like uh, probably, well, get there the 28th, kind of just cross the border and get down a ways here the 27th and then probably be home like the 12th. So yeah, I'll be there more or less 15 days, really. Yeah. That's a fucking long, long time in Vegas. Better that's a long yourself. time in Vegas. Yeah. yeah don't, don't, get, don't get me wrong here. And I, I mean, you're going to be so excited to, or are so excited to go and, and just, you know, ride in front of those <laughs> shoots, but I bet you by day 15, you're going to be one, <laughs> be pointed North, like get me home oh i won't lie to you i already know how i am that truck will be smoking the morning of the 11th headed north (laughs) i i loaded rob bell up because he wanted to go out that last night i went down there with him in 01 and then we made a deal we had to place the truck and camper packed and he knocked on my door when he got back to the gold coast i forget what time it was 4 30 in the morning and we went right in he went into the camper and he woke up somewhere I don't know, north of Salt Lake City, and I drove straight through to Water Valley. That's how bad I was. And then I had to drive to Lloydminster because that's where I was living. I couldn't wait to get out of that place. Couldn't wait. Was that the year you were the alternate? No. (laughs) We never knew you went to the NFR. Yeah, I didn't know that. Wow, you're an alternate? Shut the fuck up. You guys don't know what those toots look like. I forgot. Sorry, Jared. Now I have something, yeah, something in common here in another month. I, I, I've, I've gone to a performance. I know what they look like. Mm-hmm. I watched one. <laughs> oh, no. All See serious. what I got to put up with here, Jerry? See what I put oh. up with from these assholes? He's good well, at having a note. He's good I'm at having yeah, I was going to say, I've been around <laughs> long enough to know it goes both ways. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I'm just trying to engage in some constructive conversation about (laughs) how Vegas wears a guy right down. (laughs) Uh, Whatever. Uh, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. What's next? What else you guys want to fucking beat me up on? (laughs) Oh, there'll be more here as we go. (laughs) Um, Jerry. Yeah. uh, What I was going to say was you'll be like fucking me at the CFR and just instantly as soon as the last bulls buck ready to get out of there. That's usually the greatest places to get to and the greatest places to leave normally is, is how they, how they roll. But if you can win a bunch of money at them, that usually feels a lot better. Speaking of that, that CFR 
coming off your uh, Canadian championship didn't end the way you want it to go, but your whole year, I guess you could touch on within, uh, within Canadian rodeo first off. I think that's, you know, like we talked, that's why you ended up with the championship. Didn't have the finals that you totally wanted uh, about what you did during the year, I think got you over the hump to win by what you end up winning it by. Dude, like 1300 bucks. Yeah. Not much kind of, little bit of piss poor performance on my part at the cfr it wasn't bad i rode half my bulls and i think 126 27,000, but bucked off a couple i would like to say i shouldn't have bucked off of but that's part of the game and i guess that's why you work hard you know from day one at the first where you start the year at right through to where you finish the year at and, and i guess that paid off for me this year and you know canada was kind of a was kind of a got me going back down south i had a decent winter and things didn't really it was not good. And I was like, ah, ah I don't really want to go. And Jordy was all over me to go. And then I started winning at the little rodeos up here all spring. And next thing you know, I had quite a bit of money added up and then hit him at Wainwright, Pinocchio and Calgary and stuff like that. And I was like, holy Christ. Well, I guess better enter. Time to okay, go. Now, Jared, what on your Calgary money, what all counted out of Calgary? Is your go around money just 70%. 70% of the total money won? Yeah, now, so I think I counted like who, I have the, no clue. Who's the, gen, who's the who's the rodeo genius that come up with that analytical figure? Denny, somebody with a wonky calculator. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I have no clue. I don't know who come up with that or why they came up with that, but it's yeah, it's kind of dumb. They might as well count it all. Yeah, yeah. So seventy percent is kind of random. So then you're a guy that, that well, well, you're not old, but you're the older one, of elder statesman in the locker room nowadays. And well, let's, 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 let's yeah, let's, let's get straight to it. Well, he's not that old. old. <laughs> you're not even 30, are you? No, 29. Yeah, yeah I'm close to 30, though. Yeah, yeah, you're getting there. I, I but, get what you're saying, though. You're a vet. You're a vet. There's yeah. no two ways about it. Yeah. yeah, been around a while, it seems now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so a guy that, you know, lots of these guys, a lot of times younger in their careers, they go hard south and, you know, if it goes well, it goes well. And then if not, they'll kind of come back into Canada and then try to try to win their money or stay up here more when they get their families and different stuff like that. Now with what Jason and everybody's been doing up here you can make a living up here hundred percent, but you know, the, the mentality that we had for the, for lots of those older guys older than us, Jerry was right. You kind of came back and then you could make a nice living and stay in Canada and not have to travel a bunch, but you kind of waited until the latter part of your career. You've been to the world finals before, but now for this big run of the NFR, the first year in my real opinion that you really went at it and really stayed at it and went hard. What was the driving force to do it this year and to to try to make sure and get those yellow bucking shoes just a good winter or was there something in the back of your mind that said you wanted to do this before it was too late i don't know it's kind of weird like like you say all the guys in like our generations they kind of went south when they were like in the early 20s or you know even you for example and you did it and then come back and lots of them guys did it and i don't know i did it and i'll say i'm a i guess i can realize it now and i can say it now when i was younger I don't know if I was even good enough when I was younger per se, but I always wanted to go home and thought I missed home and was worried about home and worried about everything at home. The older I've got, the more mature I've got to realize that home will always be there and that stuff will always be there. And even when I'm gone and missing home, I'm still able to be a good bull rider. Whereas when I was younger, I wasn't really able to differentiate between all that and be able to put that in the back of my head. 
and still put out what was required to be a good bull rider. And then now I think that I'm older, smarter, maybe a little wiser. I find it easier to be honest with you. I, I know what my job is. What do I got to do? Why I'm doing it? You know, I have lots of reasons to do good at home, uh, stuff that, you know, bills that need paid. And I don't know, I just find that motivates me and it's easier for me now than it's ever been. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a different, completely different cycle. I've always been a little bit of a late bloomer through all the things I've ever done. And I think it just become as much as anything when realize that all this stuff will always be here and that I can win a lot of money to support stuff like that, riding bulls. That's just maturity right there, Jared, is all it is. Cause when you're younger, and yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think you grasp that. I, I see that a lot with hockey players. I really do. And right. what's the difference between hockey and bull riding is or rodeo I find is we expect more out of these kids as hockey players younger than we do out of you guys as rodeo or bull riding athletes, because at 21, 22, if you don't have, if you're not playing pro hockey, you're done, you know? Right. And sometimes if you can't figure that out at that young age, it's, it's over. I've seen it happen a lot. So I think that that is a good uh, way to put it though is home will always be there. You know, I've had some good farm boys. I had a beachy kid was an old PA Raider. And I remember his, I think his dad wanted it more than he did. Right. And he always, right. you know, he always said, tell that kid, the farm will be there in 15 years when he gets back, tell him to go right. give this a, a shot. So, yeah. but it's, it's the thing. It's hard. It's easy to say, but hard to put into your mind and understand. Like I'm still that way. Like, I'm not afraid to go home as fast as I can go home and stuff. Yeah. Love home, but I know, I know it'll be here and there's certain things and ways and I'm lucky with my parents and wife and everybody that's here. And grandpa still kicks around and chips and lots, you know, this year being gone rodeo and so much of it really wasn't for grandpa. He's going to be 89 years old here, three weeks, but he spent a lot of time on the tractor. We put up a big green feed crop this year. And without that, I, you know, I realize how lucky I am to have that and appreciate it. So I think it makes it easier to ride bulls, makes it easier to win because you understand all that better. Like you said, maturity. Yeah. Has there ever in your rodeo career with you leaving all the time, we all kind of know what that's like when it comes to a, a big ranching operation or farming operation. Have you ever got the feeling from your dad or your grandpa or anybody that, you know, geez, you know, maybe you shouldn't go because there's lots to do or have they always been behind you 110%? I can honestly sit here and say it's been behind me 110%. I'm pretty lucky that way. Mom and dad and grandpa and all them. And, you know, they grew, I grew up around rodeo and super involved in rodeo and they understand it. And, and, you know, dad, he knows that there's, there's, this is opportunities that don't come and aren't going to come very often. And there's little jobs and stuff that really you think it's important needs done, but you can get by on a lot of basics things and get caught up later on and, you know, I'm pretty lucky. Dad's just, yeah, whatever. Good enough. It'll be fine. There you go. Yeah. Scott, <laughs> Scott, I sure wish Glenn thought like that when I was 20. <laughs> I, I sure wish, I sure wish Ryan knew you thought were... like that when I was yeah. 20. <laughs> wow. You Maybe guys are probably up to, to different Maple stuff. Creek. You guys are probably up to different stuff when you were 20 than Jerry was too. Yeah. Maybe. It's, it's always been interesting though. Cause like, and I appreciate it that part too, now that I'm older, I always, even high school rodeo and growing up going to the CCA rodeos and everything, it was always an expectation that the work, there's certain parts of the work that needs to be done before you go rodeoing or be gone, or there's certain expectations and responsibilities. And I've had those since, I don't know, I was a steer rider, right? You know, I've never 
been one to stay the extra day to go to the lake or do anything like that. You know, if you had a chance, you got home and you got, got up in the morning. If you got home at two or three in the morning, you got something done the next day because that was important. There are certain things and you had those responsibilities, but those come with, that comes with being able to leave too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so put. speaking of family, Jared, what do you got? How much money did you have to drop in NFR tickets? That's always the big question around <laughs> Las Vegas. How much All money you spend on tickets? All of it. The whole show <laughs> lots. Check. Yeah. Lots. It's good though. I'm glad I'm able to, glad I got lots of family to spend it on. Is Are your there, grandpa lots coming down? Uh, yeah, lots coming. Uh, grandma and grandpa, I don't think you're going to, but yeah, my mom and sister, she's down there. Mom and dad and sister and, and some aunts and uncles and stuff like that. And then uh, I think my grandmother, my granny, my mom's side is going to come. Uh, but no, my grandma and grandpa are going to stay home. The Vegas is a lot of wandering around, so it'd be a little yeah. tough. I think that's – if it wasn't for all the walking, they'd come. But, yeah. So I guess they'll be hooked up on hooked up on this high on quality Wi Fi channel. High quality channel. Maple Creek Wi Fi. Let's <laughs> just, go, baby. just for the record, I find it hard to walk in Vegas sometimes too. It is tough. <laughs> oh, yeah, there for different know. reasons. Uh, Scott, one time, what did you order? Like three triples because you thought it was last call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> three triples well, you know, and a triple fat burger. Yeah, and a triple fat burger. <laughs> oh. Go hard or go home. <laughs> Love it, um, Jared. Don't. In all honesty, like it is, it's a such a huge accomplishment to make the NFR in any event, no matter where you're from. Uh, but to join the list of Canadians, the very short list of Canadians that have made those yellow bucking shoots, is it stand out to you? I know like Canadian titles are huge, different stuff like that. Is this your biggest accomplishment, you think, is making these yellow bucket shoots? I think so, yeah. I would, I for sure would say so. I don't know. Once I hit a point, I kind of expected to win a Canadian title and like the traveling to go to the NFR. I, I don't know. I could honestly, like I told people here around home and stuff in like June and July, when I was set up to like go to the NFR, I was in the top like 25 or 20 or whatever and start entering like at Cheyenne kind of thing. And I was like, you know, I've always told myself that I would never regret not making the NFR if I had to live in the truck and go to like 120, 25 rodeos. I know I can't do that. But now that I'm in a position where I can go to like 75, 80 rodeos and I only have to go rodeoing for two months, I would definitely regret if I didn't put my head down and make like an honest effort for it. And, and then once I've done that, seeing how hard of work it is, like obviously best friends, Jordan Hansen, and he's been there twice. So we talk all the time and he's done it, but you don't appreciate how much commitment it takes and how, you know, it's a grind, how like the all night people think, oh, I'm going rodeo and start, we're going rodeo and in Canada, you go to what? two bull rides and two rodeos and drive for three hours in between them. And Oh Jesus, you drove so hard. And that was tough. Well, shit. The one weekend we went from freaking Canby, Oregon to OMAC. Well, that was that. this is the end of the weekend. Actually that, that's wrong. We went to OMAC at an eight o'clock perfect night, drove all freaking night to be at a noon perf the next day in Dawson Creek, BC turned oh. around. That was, we had 20 minutes to get there for the noon perf. We got there right when they're bucking the first bareback course from OMAC, turned around from Dawson Creek and drove all the way back south 17 hours to Canby for a perf. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Really this doing is ridiculous. It's giving, it's giving fuel so reasonable too, though. It doesn't feel as bad when you're, uh, and you're probably putting diesel in too, aren't you? Oh, yeah. And lots of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so no, those grinds it, like that just has to make it worth it though like even if you oh, didn't make yeah. it, at least you know that you tried i've always said that on this podcast tried. of guys that act like they could have went could have should have went but until you actually go and do it and try it you can't fucking say that and you yeah. put in the effort pays off now look where you're at yeah like you always you always hear that oh i could have done this could have done that well once you actually try it and do it and whether or not you're successful or not at least you tried and like this going here and i got a ton of appreciation for those guys that go to 125 rodeos and live on the road and they're warriors i i couldn't do that <laughs> yeah do you do you kind of when you finally realized that you had made it and you were going, were you just like, I can't believe it. Like, I know you put the time and I know you have the talent, but were you just like, I can't believe I'm going to the NFR. Yeah. I wouldn't believe it. I don't know if I'd believe it yet, actually, to be honest with you, I might yeah. believe it when we drive over the hill into Vegas. Yeah. I, everybody, you always hear the numbers, right? Like I've been around and watched it long enough, but you hear the numbers. Oh, it's going to take 110. It's going to take a hundred. Oh, this year, the guys are hurt. It's going to take 95 and on and on and on. And I was kind of like, well, it was kind of the, the start of September. I was at like that. Well, what really pissed me off, it was kind of a funny chain of events. I was knocking on the door of it and I bucked off a bull at Pialop in the eight man round. And it was really the only time I got mad all the whole summer, everything. There's this bull they had in the eight man round, Pialop. They PRCA bragged about it, the million dollar tour finale, on and on and on. They rode him for 71 points on Thursday. The two performances before and they left him in the eight man round he shipped me off at 7.92 seconds oh. and everybody that got into the four round one like they all bucked off and who, who knows what a rotor bucked off but say we all bucked off like they did they all got eight thousand well that would have given me like past a hundred thousand at that yeah, point and i would have got you in grand prairie i think we were yeah all... yeah you would have had me everywhere i would have been out yeah shut my phone off block your collar yeah. <laughs> well i had but, so i was wearing two hats i was wearing the agent hat and the pbr hat obviously tanner and i both were wanting you to get there we were uh i was i was uh i was really hoping for that but yeah selfishly speaking on the canadian side when you're doing tv events you want to have your best guys so we just really wanted hoping. to finalize our ad in the in the fucking and magazine. that too. Yeah. 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 I think you even texted to me that night. You're good. I hey. did. Here's that. I did. <laughs> and I was sitting there pissed off. No, I'm not good. <laughs> no, don't run it yet. Don't run it yet. Don't run, don't it. run it yet. But no, then I kind of plucked away, picked away where I thought where I probably had enough. I had like 105, 106, and then went to Albuquerque, and I won Albuquerque on with Pendleton that weekend. Flew out of Spokane. Flew down there just kind of by myself i knew i had a good bull and first guy out of the first perf of the rodeo and i'll be down if it didn't stick out to win yeah, it you and did too that's right a eh? three-day rodeo you're the f yeah yeah you did leave that for three days didn't you yeah. and i think that was like 6700 or something that put me like over 110 i was like okay now you're good we're now there. i'm going home <laughs> yeah. that, well, you know enough. what you know, we were just driving to Edmonton here on the weekend. I still remember the spot driving to the CFR with Carson Legault one time. And uh, he called um, and found out he was 16th. Fuck. Mm. Golly. I remember that. And I still, I can tell you when I'm, when we're driving, I can remember the spot. Cause what kind of I performance so was that one? Yeah, how did he handle <laughs> Good question. That's yeah. You know what? Well, I he, know Carson pretty good. You know, he... <laughs> You know, I think he kind of mumbled a few things under his breath, but no, 
he was fine with it. He didn't go too hard either. Like he had won, he had a big year in Canada that year, I think. And, um, but again, you didn't leave that for chance. You just kept going, you know, and yeah. I, I couldn't imagine being 16th. That would just suck. That's yeah. God. No, you, how many times do you play back in your, well, yeah, no kidding. How many times do you play back the summer or the spring or the, the winter in your mind, wondering where you could have made up that extra. Oh, few yeah, bucks. Well, always... What was the, what was the closest race in, uh, well, let's even back it up to to Red Deer. Was there some real close finishes for Crying Hole? I'm not really even sure. I don't know. Two guys got in because Brock was out. Yeah. And then, um, Edgar was out. So, like, Todd Edgar got in. Out. And then uh, uh, Wyatt Laughlin ah. got in as well. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm like, Dana Farr, I don't really know. I don't pay too much attention to that. I guess once you're in, you don't have to pay attention to that. So yeah, it's kind of cares, a nice right? thing. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Don't want to look at that shit. It'll be yeah. bad, bad juju for next year. <laughs> Dude, yeah. You guys talk about how Jerry though, like he's like, he kept going and kept rolling and, and you talk about it, Jerry, like, you know, the numbers and, and uh, the different statistics and shit like that. And you've, you've always seemed to be like that guy. You're not like the, typical well not in any way are you the typical bull rider because you're way too fucking tall to start with <laughs> and then you're 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 like follow the you know the stats and you know the different stuff and you're smart and you figure out the rodeo and different stuff like that have you always been like that since you were young or is this is that part of your maturity over the years as well uh, i think that's something i've always been like since i was young i've always been in, interested in that and numbers and stuff like that i yeah, i think it goes back into kind of everything i do like right back into the ranching and all that stuff like that. I always like to run in stupid numbers here, there, everywhere, figuring things out or have things figured out. I'm kind of, I'm not, I like to go with things, but have a plan at the same time kind of thing. And I don't know, that's kind of how I looked at this whole NFR thing when it was coming to the end, even when I flew to Mona, flew to Mona, Utah there and had it, had the finals made, but I went there I was like, you know what? Like at the end of the day, I've put this much work into it. Why quit now? kind of thing let's go try and hold my spot stay up in there i was like you know two or three guys win here they bump me down to like 13th 14th and then i'm the first guy out a first guy or two out and around here i can get to like 10th or where i am now and you know go in the middle of the bunch because big tall guy like me i don't you know not a guy that's extra flashy up there and i don't think it's ever good you know we all know that it's never good usually cracking them off being the start start of the perf we see that all the time yeah See, look at the, this fucking guy. Nothing. So, <laughs> so where where did you end when it was all said and done? Where did you end up? Where are you going Ten. into? Ten. 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 Okay. So Ten. you're not the first guy out every night. You got a pretty not good spot, first. middle of the pack. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, yeah. See shit well, like that. Hopefully, statistics. Statistics. Um, uh, take us back. Well, first, I guess you got to give a shout out. How big of an influencer impact was Jordan Hansen on on you making the NFR this year? I know that he entered you guys and knows that better than anybody out there of, of how to enter and how to go. And uh, I think you could probably admit it. You'd have probably went home in the middle of freaking June if it wasn't for Jordy pushing you to make sure you're entered everywhere, right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'll just shout it out here and say all of it. It's, he'll probably tell you it's been about a six year fucking plan. I've done I've done he's done more entering and I've done more turning out than anybody that's ever been on earth. <laughs> he can get mad at me. Why not? Why? 
why don't we want to go here? Well, Frick, I don't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I don't want to climb. I don't yeah. want to go. But Jordy, yeah, Jordy's all of it, honestly. And he kept, you know, he left when he got hurt there and I owe a lot to him. He got hurt at Armstrong. He left me with his truck and camper for those couple of weeks. He's like, here, take it. I don't need it. I'm not going anywhere. Go make it count. And, you know, I appreciate all that. It's my best friend. And he, uh, he damn sure pushed me all the time. And it's, it's easy when you're going with a guy like that too, that I consider that's better than me. So it makes you try to be better. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and he's been around, oh, he knows everyone. And I don't, I don't know. It's, it's good. It's fun. That's a pretty cool fucking like camaraderie example of what like bull riding and rodeo people are all about. Right. Guy tears his groin off and has to go home and just leaves you with his vehicle. <laughs> just yeah. Go, yeah way go, go. put, go put 20,000 miles on this sucker. And just make it count. Right. That's yeah. Pretty wild, nothing but ha- nothing but jalapeno chips, pepperoni sticks and beer in that thing for the drive. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh what about did you ever go to rapid city with wacy with wacy pig finder oh, yeah, yeah i did go to I, yeah. <laughs> you gotta fill us in on this story i still hear about that stupid intrepid he hasn't drove in a year and a half with the cigarette hole burnt in the roof of it <laughs> from his quote darts, from his quote to me was Back uh, Rapid City in my mint condition, 2001 Chrysler Intrepid, to be exact. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we go to, we're down there, go to Rapid City, and it's like the one o'clock perf. And it, yeah, those have been to Rapid City know it's a Sutton rodeo, and the bulls can be freaking awful. So I have a true 63 pointer at noon. I end up in the beer stand drinking Bud Light and orange juice. <laughs> really. I really get on one, put it that way. I really get on one and it carries on. Well, we're driving. We're going to drive. Wasting wants to go home. And I obviously probably did too. Oh, so we're headed to Billings and we pull out of Rapid City and head west and get in the thing. And I'm full at this point. Definitely way past driving stage. He said, <laughs> he said you were by this time you were peacocking around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Peacocking around. <laughs> yeah. He was real disgusted with me. I was bebopping around. We get in there and we get into this pass and it is stormy. Like we're going like 40 clicks and anybody that's drank beer with me knows that my bladder lasts about five minutes and I got to take a piss all the time. We'd be good traveling partners then, you and I, Jerry. You wouldn't wouldn't get get anywhere. Yeah, Ask ask Scott Byrne. He doesn't like it when we drink and drive. Jesus Christ. So it's like we're putting along and it's like every 10 minutes we got to pull over in the storm going like 40 50 clicks for me to jump out fling the door open and have a piss <laughs> so i we stop at a convenience store and i take an ocean i need a pack of cigarettes so i get uh, a pack of cigarettes pack of cigarettes and two jumbo packs of beef jerky for 42 dollars <laughs> <laughs> uh, i get it here and i'm smoking this cigarette not a very good smoker to say the least anyways I get talking to Wacey, telling this story, and I'm holding it up in there, and I got it touched against the roof of the Intrepid, and I burn a hole in the roof of his Intrepid. <laughs> Wacey, throw them fucking cigarettes out. You don't even smoke anyways, for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, we made her to Billings sometime during the night. I don't even really know when. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do any driving. <laughs> I did, but I did a lot of smoking. Yeah. smoking I had a hell. Mint classic I had a good car. time. 
told me to fuck off because he was a pro darter. That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> I did. <tell. laughs> and then he burnt one in his seat, he said, too, after the roof. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I dropped one then, too. I was all over the place. Yeah, he wasn't too happy with me. On the short of the story, after we got to Billings the next day, I drove all the way home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, take us back, Jerry, to like the the early days. You talked, you touched on it a little bit, and we touched on it in the intro about your your nickname and in all the intros we hear everybody. You know, you're the cowboy and and through and through, and not just the bull riding side of things, but roping, riding, ranching, everything that there is to do with the cowboy inside of life. You're all about that. But um, growing up, was uh, was rodeo always number one? Did you do any other sports, or what kind of goes on around that that Maple Creek area? Yeah. Well, rodeo was always big. Uh, my dad, dad team rope on barrel race, very involved in the CCA through all those years. And that's where I grew up, obviously through all that, but hockey was big. I, uh, played a lot of hockey. I can probably until grade 11 or 12, 12, honestly, it was hockey for half the year and rodeo for half the year and hockey camps in the summer would even fit it in. I, uh, summer hockey guy. So my mom's, my mom's brother was actually drafted like 13th overall one year and played for Buffalo and then got hurt and went and played in Europe. So he was part, or a lot to do. They had a big hockey camp out at Kimberly there from Cranbrook. So we'd go to Kimberly oh, for the camp in August all the time. And who's your stuff. mom's brother? Joel Savage is, is his name. Yeah. Savages. Does he still do it in Kimberly? Well, I don't know. I don't think he's too involved in it. He never really was. It was kind of just his oh, friends, some friends, yeah. I think, and Papa and my, like, my papa's friends and people they knew out there. Yeah. If I remember right, that's going to be a lot of years ago now. But nice. Yeah, we'd nice go out there every summer. Go in the summer, though, eh? Yeah, that the dads would drop us off and go golfing for the day, and we'd go to hockey camp. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> they'd drink beer at night all day, probably. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> all day and night. So yeah, that was that was always fun, and like I said, hockey was probably a big as big a part of any of it. I don't even ride in steers or anything. I wouldn't put my hand in a steer rope or a bull rope for six months all through you know going through that and honestly the roping was probably more serious than anything but i always had a passion for the for the steer riding junior bull riding bull riding how it went in steps there and then kind of as i got more into grade 11 12 kind of thing got more serious decided had to hit the point you know when you're 15 16 where you got to decide if you're going to be a hockey player and where i live it come down to if i wanted to move away or not and i didn't want to move away and go billet and do all that and so that was the end of it, end of hockey, and I just kind of went, just played back here, played midget back here, and played senior when I played midget, and and that was good enough for me, and took the rodeo more serious, and that's when the rodeo started taking over, and I guess the rest went from there, ended up in college in Weatherford, Texas, probably honestly went down there more of a team roper than anything, and came back a bull rider. <laughs> no shit, eh? What did, your mom, what did your mom and dad think you coming back a full-fledged bull rider? Well, happy I was, with that? they didn't really care because I was pretty much bound set on being a full-fledged bull rider when I left. I just wasn't quite good enough to say I was yet. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. <laughs> Who was your biggest influence at college? Uh, I don't know. Looking back, nobody. I was like the only bull rider. There was a couple, three other bull riders on the team. Uh, one that I'm still good friends with, but nobody really went on. Like I was really the only you know, bull rider that stuck with bull riding past, past college that went to school there. It was hands down a roping college, big time roping college. The coach was Johnny is John. Well, still is Johnny Emmons. He's been to the NFR in the cap roping six or eight times. And I just kind of put around there and heck the first, first time went down there 
typical Saskatchewan kid thing. Went down there not knowing anybody. Go down to the Buck and Duck in Stephenville on a Wednesday. Wednesday night, Boyd and Floyd shows up with a liner load of three-year-olds dumped off fresh to the world. And here's Mike Lee running around in a t-shirt getting all these damn things. And I am. Um, no clue. Don't know anybody, but hey, we're bull riding. And then next thing you know, you got to enter North Side, Fort Worth. Try that out a few times. And heck, way it went from there, kind of just kept going and working at it and got to know some people. And and Will Burgess was the friend's name. And he knew people. He'd been down there for a couple of years and he knew guys' places. And we'd, I'd practice riding bulls kind of, kind of once a week. And everywhere down there had a $1,000 added jackpot all the time. Right. Every weekend, you get two or $3,000 added, $50 fees. Go and get on a couple of bulls and that was kind of that and the way it went. Well, you had to make some beer money, eh? Yeah, make some beer money. And yeah, went to the college rodeos. And then I think at the end of my last year, I got my PRCA permit. I actually bought my PRCA stuff before I ever bought my CPRA or PBR stuff or anything. I went I went to the CCA rodeos and the Montana Circuit rodeos. Oh, okay. shit. First. Yeah, because yeah, I, I always remember you. I, I just remember well, that's, I was sorry, Tanner, but I was going to oh, say, yeah. I just kind of remember you showing up and being good. Yeah. Like, that's exactly. There's no, there was no, okay, this Parsonage kid, you're waiting to see him. Like, there was none of that. In fact, yeah. I was just like, where is this a Parsonage from Maple Creek or where's this kid from? Because you kind of <laughs> just did blow over. Well, you did. You blew right on the scene. Yeah. I guess, well, I'd went quite a bit, you know, down there aren't sure to refine it and go I went to the college finals and all that stuff and you know there were some good guys to be around I actually the first year I went down there went to Matt Bohan's place a couple times and I don't know it's got to it's just funny how things go once you're you know you're you don't know you're good or good at the time but you I guess you are pretty good and you just kind of stumble into the right crowd and treat people nice and make friends and next thing you know you're around a pretty good set of people and you know you learn lots yeah kind of thing college was the big one uh ty wallace you'd remember the name ty wallace and cody heffernan yeah yeah those were kind of the ty cody and me were kind of the big guys in the big guys in the region of the college that couple years and you know got to be good friends with those guys and you know hung out with them and and went in lots and that i think that helped make the guy better for sure Shit, yeah, that's cool. What about the the roping side of things? I know during COVID there was a lot of talk that there wasn't bull ridings going on. Did you not go and like make even more money in roping than bull riding <laughs> kind of thing for a while there? Yeah, I had a pretty good jackpot in summer that year. I won. I don't. I won like thirty, thirty five thousand that summer jackpot. There. No I've always, Yeah, dad. My dad always rope. My dad ropes really good, and and mom ropes and knows lots. Jill used to rope a little bit and. But yeah, dad, dad ropes really good, good teacher and lots of people rope around here. And I've always taken the roping really serious. Well, truth be known, this is, I could never beat Cody Floyd or Ty Ellis in the bull ride in Saskatchewan <laughs> high school rodeos, but I could kick their ass in the team rope and me and Tufton McLeod won the team rope every year, but I could never win the bull ride. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that would have been your era, right? Of that, that age group. And that's what I remember. Yeah. I remember you not being like the, the dog no. by any means. Right. And then all of a sudden you're fucking on, on the main Canada tour and winning Canadian championships. And that's for me, it was like, damn, fuck this kid did good. Yeah, no, yeah, it was a like I said, won the team roping every year with Tufton. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess like the team roping is still a big, uh, big passion. I love riding, riding rope courses and roping, and we try to rope as much as every opportunity to get. Like that summer, when 
when I went and then being in college, you know, a rope in college, I had some good buddies down there that roped and we roped every day. That was like, you'd go to class in the morning, be done at noon and we'd hit the arena and rope calves first and then tie calves and then team rope. There's never many kids there. You'd have four or five horses and there was always 30, 40 calves and 20 steers. And heck we'd go till six at night. And then once a week I'd go ride bulls, do the bull riding thing. But heck it was just roping all the time is what did. And then bull riding on the weekends and at night, so I'd ride the barrel a little bit, maybe a little bit, not very much. And just kind of once a week, go practice. Maybe if I felt like it, probably not very often, more or less it was just a weekend going to the going to those jackpots. I always figured going to those thousand dollar added jackpots is like practicing because they're just putting you on calves anyway. So you might as well go try and win some money. Yeah. Get some money so out of it anyway. Go there. The the riding yeah. though, I think honestly too, like for me when I when I was riding at my best, I felt like it was when we were roping a whole bunch, like in the in the winter and shit inside. It's just like that keeps you that in riding shape, I feel like no matter what, if it's a buck and bull or if it's a horse or whatever you're doing, as long as you're in great riding shape i feel like all of that stuff helps with the bull riding side of things do you find that that's that's probably like the biggest philosophy i don't know if i'd ever be able to teach bull riding that good because i never grew i never went to school or anything did i kind of just like dad never even was around dad learned it and he knows it well now and we kind of just went through it together but i was more or less self-taught through it all but i would just like revert it to riding i could like riding bareback. So I used to ride bareback every day, you know, stop, spins, roll them back, lope circles, do everything. And I figured if I could sit up square with my knees bent and pretend like a rope was there and keep my chest in front of my rope and ride a horse like that and drive and go up on my knees and do it easy. There's no reason I couldn't ride a bull balance back and forth. So I don't know when I was younger. Yeah. I could probably run with the Indians. <laughs> 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 And I still do that. I don't do it as much nowadays, but and spend a lot of time riding. Like we ride all the time, like in the spring, I'm riding every day. And in the fall, lots of times every day for, you know, six, eight, 10 hours a day at times. And it's just a big part of, big part of what I do, what we do around here. And I, I always found riding a horse bareback when they're loping, it's exact same, exact same motion of bulls make, and they come up in the front and down, up and down. And if you can sit up there square and ride them and keep your shoulders square, that's kind of, that's hands down the biggest thing I've ever done for my bull run. It's actually pretty much the only thing I've ever done for my bull run. Truth be known. <laughs> well, I, like, I used to like do it every day. Yeah. Some Marlboros. Yeah, I used to. Oh, no, those, are, those aren't good for non-smokers. Not the cowboy killers. No cowboy killers. Marble Reds. <laughs> no, I used to be pretty much every day. I used to try to ride bareback, ride, go for, go horse around bareback and do some stuff and. I think it's good for your growings too, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and your hips, hundred percent. Yep, hips. There's a little yep. tidbit of information for the young guys. Well, that you know what? Legit. This I've, I've, you know, I'm always trying to make money and promote things. So I'm going to promote. No way. <laughs> you make... don't, don't even no. <laughs> Come on. What? Yeah. When did you start? When did you start this? Yeah. <laughs> this, is new. this is new. It's my New Year's resolution for 23. <laughs> anyway. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a, a Jerry Wayne uh, bull riding school. My dad buys horses, so I got a ton of horses. I'm just gonna bring yeah. everybody. I'm just gonna bring everybody to the Quonset, and we're gonna ride bareback for the day. Three fifty a man. We don't have to worry about any ambulance or any insurance. I like this, Jerry. And, and you I'm can gonna just... I'm gonna drive around the arena with a quad, dragging the tarp, and if you fall off the prick, get back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. 
you talk being like self-taught and then um, working your way up through the ranks and, and that sort of thing. But was there somebody that you looked up to in the bow riding world? Was there somebody that maybe helped you once you got older? Is there anybody that stands out to you that helped you maybe get to that next level or was an idol of yours that you tried to emulate? Ah, uh, yeah, definitely was. I uh, grew up like, you know, YouTube was big. Everything was on YouTube. So I used to watch YouTube videos and watch guys that looked like me to see how they rode bulls and figure out, you know, if they ride are riding like this, I need to ride like that or figure out how to ride. Like make it look like the phones are out there. So I had to, my big thing was I see how the good guys look when they're doing it. So when I watch a video of myself, I need to look like that. So I got to figure out how to make myself look like that. And the biggest one, I always used to watch Bow Hill on there i bet every freaking video youtube video of bow hill watching riding a bull i've watched because yeah. i was like if that tag if that guy can ride bulls and he's big and tall and long he's got long arms long legs like i yeah. do yeah. there's no reason i can't do it and so i watched tons of bow hill all the time and thought the guy was pretty cool and yeah kind of looked to him and then next thing you know you meet him get to travel with him and I tell you what, that that'll make a young guy's head spin. <laughs> right. That's funny you say that because you nod the exact same way as Bo Hill. If you watch, I used to watch everything, you, Bo but Hill. that's where it ends. <laughs> that's where it ends because your styles are so far apart. I think. Really, I think yeah, they're very yeah. similar. The fucking ride no. he made on that red fucking mule yes. could have been. Yes, I don't. Yes, yes, so. yes. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I watched Bo ride a million fucking bulls in my lifetime. I think it's the free arm. It's the free arm. Cause you, you, you like to keep a closed fist a bit, don't you, Jerry? Well, half fast is kind of like, yeah. Bo always had an open hand. My thumb. Yeah. And yeah. straight. You watch both. It was like finger straight. Yeah. Uh, he, maybe maybe straight. that's all it is for me. Like He'd maybe that's it. That. I... Bo would get the style on that away from his hand a little bit more. Jerry, you more yeah. sit there, sit square. Sit more. there. Yeah. But I always found like, I always, Bo would never like, you see like, the Gary LaFue style of like pushing out over your rope, but Bo would never really, he would do that, but he wouldn't do that. Like he'd like break over his hips and like get ahead of his rope that way. Yeah. I've always found like somehow I ended up teaching myself to kind of ride that way too. Is you know, it's almost like you're, you're kind of behind your rope a little bit in a way and we take it away from bulls a lot, but you're not really behind your rope. You're still driving up on your knees. Like it's a different kind of style. I think, yeah. you, I think you got to be, you got to be required to be six feet tall. <laughs> yeah. But see, yeah. Tanner, when you rode being tall yourself, you rode with your arm way down. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It was always. Yeah. When I was younger, especially. I just yeah, fucking, like, didn't know what fuck I was he doing. Fuck, he had to blow the bull back when he was younger. <laughs> yeah. I was just terrified. Fuck me. <laughs> Elbow up, hand down. Yeah, right? right? Yeah. yeah, I did when I was a kid. Fuck great. <laughs> Yeah. You know, help me with that was Kevin West. He was, he got me fucking firing on getting control of my arm and doing all that stuff. But I find too, like, especially up here, Canadian guys, they go from two hands to one hand. So that's a big step for a lot of guys is figuring out what the hell you're supposed to do with that free arm. And yeah. I think that's why there's yeah. a lot of later development in bull riders up here is because you're pretty much learning to ride a new way all over, right? These kids that ride one handed right from the get go, they've, that's all they've ever known. So I think well, that's. Do you remember well. when, like those Wright boys and Briggs Madsen had come in the steer riding at the Calgary Stampede, and yeah, get on their cows? cows wow, they're just out those cows. <laughs> oh yeah. man, one handed and just whipping and spinning and spurring. Yeah, yeah. Unreal. So, I don't know. 
the two-handed is kind of one of those things. I, I'll sit here and say, I sucked. Oh, sucked fuck, ass I at suck. riding two-handed. I did it for but, like, one I year and almost, almost one-handed. Yeah. Oh, shit, I was horrible two-handed. But then got one-handed, and I could ride those Brahmas a little bit. Not great by no means, but I could ride them, you know, a lot easier. I just, you see a lot of two-handed guys. There's not very many that make the transition really fast. Like, Dakota Butter is an absolute freak, how he went from two-handed to one-handed to, like, instantly really good again. So, yeah. Aaron, too. Aaron Roy was Aaron. the same way. Those guys, were you one of those guys that rode, like, the big fucking two- and three-year-old bulls with two hands? Were you one of those guys, or did you go one-handed? Oh, yeah. Fuck, yeah, I did that freaking at the cca rodeos blaine does blaine listen to this <laughs> probably <laughs> what'd you get on <laughs> oh i don't know badger two-handed two-handed bad- i was in like the wango tango like those yeah. like whiskey hangover days two-handed for a while oh. when they were calves showing up oh well, very very quam very quam used to bring his calves for us mm-hmm. and i don't know what year this was 88 or 89 i remember i i I nodded two-handed in Weyburn and woke up in Kyle the next day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that happened. Boy. Oh, that, ha- that happened to you too, eh? Scott. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Scott been living Boy, Jacobson used to show up with them. I think they were freaking yeah. six. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when he Didn't showed you get up wiped out? Mountain. Didn't you get wiped out of Wood Mountain on Cream Puff? No. Is that you? Tip-a-tat. Tip-a-tat, tip-a-tat did. did. And fuck That was up. a bad one. Yeah, yeah that was a bad one. Yeah, but fuck, the thing weighed like 1,700 pounds for fuck's sake. <laughs> was that Ty Tippetat? Yeah. yeah. We had a good he, crew. Did he ride two-handed or one-handed in the steer riding? Two hands. Two-handed. Two hand, that was Real sticky, good. too. Real good. Yeah, Oren Larson. Oren Larson, another really good two-handed CCA junior boat rider. Yeah. Tyrell Larson, his brother. There was a full crew yeah. on there for a lot of years. That it was a good, good bunch of junior guys that are all up there doing her now in the big leagues pretty well whether whether yep. it's bareback riding bronc riding all that sort of stuff but had a good crew we didn't have any big league guys out of our air scott did we in the steer riding no well, you went to the nfr well that's just me <laughs> and i didn't i didn't want to toot my own horn there um but no serious we didn't really have any of our steer riders that went on and did anything mm-hmm. on the pro level anyway yeah we were fortunate yeah. to have a good good crew of guys i think that's there's probably, a, pretty good help yeah there's a picture um i forget who's there's a steer riding picture from the manitoba finals it's got aaron zane jesse um, and there's some who else nathan roy is in it nathan but Jordan five Aventure. of the six yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like that's pretty talented pool of kids right there yeah that's from the Toba yeah. finals yeah, yeah. bangers. We went through a pretty good era. Like there was you guys. You guys were kind of the start, like your era a little bit before. And then like I was a little older, but with like Lonnie and the wet Billy and Cover Chuck and who else? Butter came out of there. He was kind of with you. Yeah. Uh there's a pretty good set of us that so come did out of there. You guys all too. compete at the CCA finals together then, Jared? Yeah, I think it was the last good year of the CCA finals, honestly, where it was really good. It was in Regina. I remember winning like fourth in one round with an 84. There was like me and me and Lonnie and Billy and Ty Ellis, who rode really good, uh, cover Chuck. And then like the old guys like Corey Guinness, JJ Koopman. Um, there's an Aussie over Carl Green. Uh, there was Blair. It was still going. Blair. Yeah. Yeah. Blair was still going. Uh, there's, oh, Paul Gravel. Yeah. Paul Gravel. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that was last. That was the last year I went to the CCA finals, and then went to the CFR after that. I think it's actually getting pretty good again. The CCA finals in the bull riding this year with Weston Davidson, Stefan Tanita, uh, Grady Young. There's a good crop of young kids that I watched a couple of rounds and a couple, you know, like you say, took 80 something to place in a couple of the rounds and shit like yeah. that. So it's good to see. It's, it's good, good to see, see coming around and good for a sport. Those guys are coming into it too. But um, you made the PBR World Finals one year and not as a Canadian representative, like you clear out made it. I know that it. It went well for you, but it didn't go well for you. But <laughs> was that was that a was that a big accomplishment? Something that you always wanted to do as well as get those uh, PBR finals under your belt? Yeah, you bet it was. It was it was a big accomplishment, and I was pretty proud of. I did it my way too. I didn't want to go on tour and fly around everywhere. Like I only think I went to four events, but I was like, you know, I I knew I could do it. And there's always the guys in there, and I had a good year. I think. I was like, I think that year I was season leader or whatever it is in the PBR. I had the most, I had a good PBR year, one lots there. And then I won second at Calgary and Calgary counted for that. Oh, and I knew I was in there. So I only went to like four events, but I knew if I kept going in these cup events that they had the cup event points, they give away a lot of points to the world standings for the cup events that year. If I remember right yeah. or something. So yeah, I was kind of, you know, I always dreamt of going there, wanted to go there. And it was surreal when I got the chance to go there. And especially like I did it kind of my way. I didn't really want to do the airport and fly and thing. And yeah, it was awesome. I, I enjoyed it. I would be lying to you if I said I didn't enjoy every minute of it. Didn't maybe the turn out the way I was hoping <laughs> on the paycheck. When you were waiting for your paycheck and you, <laughs> and you opened up your envelope, did you enjoy that part of the weekend? Yeah, I just fucking put put an actual check in it and fucking licked it and sealed it and mailed it to someone else. Cause it was empty. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what happened? I, Just the way that it was paid out that, that year, we all know the different rule changes and different changes that have come along, but that year you rode five out of six or four out of six or what'd you ride four, and ended up four. with no money. Well, there's a little, there's a little bit on that, that people always take. And I know the competition committee takes it. Riley Lambert, them guys said it pisses me off over it down there. And your dad actually defended me on that. Ryan did a big time. I, uh, I bucked off the first round in the classic round on good night robo show. I bucked off good night robo show. And then the next round I rode cool customer. And then it was a pick. I think the next round was a pick. I don't remember for sure. It doesn't matter much. Anyways, when the pick round came out, I picked a bull. I had like eighth or ninth pick or 10th pick or something. I picked a bull of frontiers called roulette that they wrote a bunch for 90 that year. And at the next day, if my phone doesn't ring at noon and it's, it's uh, Jack, Hey, your bull's crippled. Uh, something's wrong with them. I don't know. You get the first re-ride. The first re-ride's bushwhacked. I'm like, Oh, wow. Well, that's quite a change. <laughs> I just picked, I was just 10th pick and picked what I thought would be the best best bull i could get my hands on out of there then i rode bushwhack for 85 points in that round and then kind of went that because then the argument was when i wasn't get didn't get paid that i didn't pick rank enough bulls well fuck i picked the best bulls i could get my hands on at the time so then when i rode him in that round it put me down like 17th or 18th pick in the next round or however i rode i rode did what did he in there somewhere in between i don't remember when i rode him the bull that Andrew's bull that Court McCoy ended up with. Oh no shit! I and, know you wrote in there. Yeah, I rode him. In, oh, whenever they do the classic round again, I rode Diddy in the classic round when they just take twenty bulls back. Yeah, yeah. I rode him in there, 
And then the next pick come to pick and we're in there and Stetson Lawrence is there. And I'm like, I got to try and pick a good one here. I'm down. But I, I was at that time, I'm thinking I'm really good at average. Like if yeah. I can crack out an 88 or something big here. And he's like, you got to pick bottoms up. If you can pick bottoms up, he's like, it's a one horn bull. JWs is awesome. It's okay. So I picked bottoms up. Thought it would be good. And it was, it was good. Like, look, the bull had great stats. They wrote him for a lot of points. And I think I was like 87 and three quarters or something on him. And then, then fell under, uh, but the big black that kind of came from Canada, the burger pack for a while, talking smack, fell under oh, talking yeah. smack in the short round and got smacked. Yeah. But yeah, didn't end up. And I remember, I never forget walking around. I was kind of sitting with like Cooper Davis and Stetson and Jess. There's a few, a few guys. I just ended up in that crew and, and that never really said too much to what I normally do and just sat there and visited, you know, visited nothing too much. I'll never forget walking out there and, Stetson was out at that time. He's like, you're not going to like how this is going to end up in the payout wise for you. And I was like, what What the fuck is he talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Go out there. And I bucked off talking smack. And if I had a road talking smack, it would have set me up to win a lot of money. Cause I'd have placed deep in the short round there and got those short round points. Like that's the one I like to get away for sure. But yeah, I had no event points at the end of it and never won jack shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty it wild. always pissed me. It no, always the- pissed me off. It always like I never say anything too yeah. much, but I well, I ain't afraid to say something on that. It's always one thing that pissed me off because Colby Yates went to bat big time for me on that. He was on the competition committee that time and he was mad or hornet over it. And he's like, How in the fuck can somebody ride four bulls and then one guy ride one bull? Because Cody Jesus was like 92 and three quarters on one bull and placed like six spots higher in the average than I did. Like way up in there. I ended up like 15th in the average, and he ended up like eighth. Yeah, or something. Well, so, you can you can you can thank Silvano for all that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was a while well, there they were like, changing lots of different stuff. Up. Yeah, their rules got changed. Mm-hmm. the The point system was changed. Oh, I want to say three times for that sure. first mm-hmm. ten years that I was producing events. I bet maybe but more. I, I don't no have more. nothing bad to say. That's the only thing that really frustrated me was when they said I didn't pick the bucker because Ryan was mad. He's like, "That's bullshit. You should have got a." got to pick out all the rewrites when yeah. you, had, you know had a top pick like that because they give me a bull i picked a 45 point 44 45 point bull and i ended up with like a 42 point bull at yeah. then well, that i didn't even pick bulls. right and that's like those are good bulls still road know, yeah world finals bulls yeah <laughs> like you know yeah you, and I'm, what you can do yeah and i'm proud of it and i had a ton of fun and you know it was it was good it was a good experience and pretty proud that i can say that i was there yeah, you got most of them now, all of them. Now you just got to win that average. Go get that oh, average title yeah. at the NFR. Huh? That'd be a yeah. fucking banger. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be a that would be a good one. <laughs> um, so you got uh, well, you know what? Things. So it's anybody's race in that bull riding at the NFR because they count only to one guy, two guys stay on. That money counts. Yeah, yeah, it counts, but. I'll be a realist. That little guy in the blue shirt that you happen to represent, <laughs> he's pretty fucking good. <laughs> he'll yeah, be, know, he'll be hard to catch. He's got a big time lead. I think, I don't know. You got to be realistic about setting your goals. And, and you know, I kind of got my goal set going down there. I want to take a rip at winning the average there. Fucking A. And then just let the chips fall where they may. Tan- Tanner yeah. and I, yep. and Scott will be totally fine with that, Jerry. Yep. Shit, shit. Yeah, we <laughs> Is Sage can, back? Is Sage let's make a deal right now. Let's let the little guy in the blue shirt win the world, <laughs> and you win the average. <laughs> Good deal. Yeah. <laughs> and we're we all happy here. Is Sage okay, back? Or no? Is Sage still hurt? 
No, he's he, out. He's never he's out for rodeos in any way. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. However, he didn't. It works. You need like a certain amount of money for your extreme bulls mind account or something. Yeah. A certain so talk, rodeos. Jared, we've been going for a while, but I need to know the story. You got uh, the old premier Brad Wall. You got the music superstar Coulter Wall living right around the the house there. I always see instagram and there's videos and shit you guys have the same brandings and different stuff like this and obviously Coulter wall is one of the fucking biggest guys in the music industry right now so how did how does this all play out and how do you guys all tie in together down there in that maple creek country yeah it's it's cool they're they're nothing but just brad and Coulter, nothing but regular guys that have become very good friends uh i think when brad was done done being premier and lived in swift current he's from swift current they are originally he'd bought a place at cypress park out here and he was planning i think that i think his plan was to always retire to it or whatever anyways yeah Coulter grew up and he bought a little place down here by console that came for sale and got it there and yeah they kind of come to the brandings just very involved in the community very good community people good people to have from your community and great people and you know become friends with them and they are good friends with the blacks down here and lots of the people that, you know, where the around where Coulter bought that place. And yeah, they're around go the brandings. It kind of started actually with Cody Thompson. It's a funny story how I got to know Brad. Uh, it was kind of, well, you always knew who he was. He was around living at the park and he got to know Cody Thompson, pretty good Cody and Chelsea Thompson, which would be Kyle Thompson's twin brother for those mm-hmm. that don't know right here. But anyways, uh, Brad had messaged me on Instagram. Here I had this message from Brad Wall. Hey, would you happen to be able to board a horse so I could come ride and have a horse? And I was like, ah, uh, geez, I would love to, but I was like, you know, I'm it's a 45 minute drive from my place to the park, like where you live, right? And if you got to go around and the back roads closed, it's like an hour and 15 minutes to go around through Maple Creek. So I was like, ah, you probably want to find somebody closer. So he ended up getting hooked up with Cody in the deal. And that's kind of how I got to know Brad through the start of it. And then he kept it. And then just like brandings and weanings and all that stuff and work cowboying that goes on around here. And Brad's gone around and they're, yeah, got to be good friends with them all and good people to have around. And you think Coulter's good? To, you think he's good on the radio and on everything else? You should sit and hear him around a campfire. Brad yeah, I was going to say, does he bust it out and will he jam? Well, it takes a lot of prying to get it out of him. But yeah, he's full pro. <laughs> Fuck, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, good people. You would, boys. you would never, you'd never know. You would never know either of them or who they are if you're around them. They're just, they're just like anybody else. Great people to have around. That's cool. All right, Scott, you better bang them with our uh, infamous question and take yourself off mute before you talk. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I, I want to add. I want to add. At one time, I wanted Brad Wall to be the next prime minister. I thought he'd been right. good at that job. I heard it's people he still do, and he say. fucking hates that. He <laughs> Does he? And it's a lot to do with like speaking uh, French, right? He doesn't speak French, and I think you have to speak French to be. Yeah, you do. You have to have bilingual, right? Both of them. Yeah, some. I don't really know what it all was. Yeah, something like that. I don't think he's too interested in probably doing that anymore. Fuck, <laughs> yeah. I wish he would. Sure. Anyway, sorry, yeah. Scott. You bang him with well, our infamous. One. Well, Jared, um, I want to wish you the best of luck from the NFP crew headed down there. We're proud of you, and you All are right. a, you're a stand up guy, and and uh, you know you look the part, you act the part, and I guess uh, Brad Gardner does put it best. You are a cowboy. So um, this is the NFP podcast, and we have our take on what it is. What is it to you? <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess that's that's a tough one. I've thought about that a little bit, but at the end of the day, I think it goes down to a whole lot of things. It it doesn't only mean of what it means to you guys, and you know, every time you put your hand in the rope and try. But as I've gotten older, it's something I always feel. You know, this is a short career, and when you show up, you know, shake everybody's hand, look them in the eye, say good to see you, how you are, and you know, be genuine and mean it. Mean it when you see people, and you know, let your bull ride and do the talking, and and realize that this is a short career. And, give it all you got because it isn't going to last very damn long before you know it. You'll be sitting there with Jason running around trying to make money other ways. There is one other thing I, I want to question you on. I interviewed you in Regina this year at the, at the cup uh, deal. And, and uh, we did mention about having a baby boy and, you know, having a kid period at that time. And, I, I said to these guys afterwards, I said, you know, Jerry's he's got the look, man. He's he's at the best, you know, place in his life. He's riding bulls good. Um, having a having a little boy, you know, or having a child, period, it's how has it changed you? And and if so, what way? Because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when people have guys, bull riders, bullfighters, whatever you might be, and you have a kid and it kind of you know, there's two ways it can go. It can either yeah. make you smile and ride better or it can make you just kind of want to, you know, be scared or go home. So talk to me about yeah. that a bit. It's funny you bring that up because me and Tulsa were talking about that last night. Little things like, you know, you see different people at different stages of their career, but I don't know, having a, having Cade here, having a son, and little, you know, something more, it's, to me, it's made bull riding easier, like a wife and wife and a baby and, you know, some extra things on the go and more responsibility and more to ride for. I, I found it's made it easier to me because it all, it gives it more meaning at the end of the day. I have more meaning than just, it's not so selfish anymore. I got yeah. way bigger things that are out there and it's just kind of made it honest to God truth. It's made it, it's even made it being gone rodeo and easier being away all the time because I know that I'm doing this for a reason and the money I make and the stuff I get through this, it's going to a bigger picture and, I guess, yeah. I just like to look at it that way, and I don't know. That's yeah. honestly I genuinely so. how you're I feel. More money, and Tanner and I better get to work and get you more endorsements. I guess is what uh, <laughs> yeah. we're going to read between the lines on that one. Keep them going. Yeah. Keep them fucking banging them out. Keep we them going. Okay. Before is, we do uh, quit, though, sorry, Scott, you go. But we, I got one more for you before we have to stop. No, I was just going to say that that is the best way I've I've heard it put. You know, yeah. to, to say that you you know, that it's for a bigger picture and it's easier to do it now than previous. That's pretty cool. You know, that's, that's a good way of putting it. Right yeah. There. And I can't, I can, honestly, so Scott, like, and guys, I can't sit here and say that I would have said that six months ago before yeah. Cade was born. I probably would have said, I'd have probably told you the exact opposite of that, to be honest mm -hmm. with yeah. you. And I don't know. I, I actually probably, I don't know for sure, but I've probably told people, man, when I have a kid and this, that it's going to be really hard to leave home. I'm never going to want to go anywhere. That might be the end of it, but. I don't know. Well, it's, to me, it's kind of working. I opposite. thought we might read about <laughs> you in the Maple Creek Chronicle there on uh, some ranch rodeo <laughs> stuff after you had that kid. I wasn't sure if we were going to yeah. see you again. But, 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 it, yeah, but like a, it is a fact. It, it'll go, yeah. it can go one of two ways, you know? Yeah. And you don't, you don't know that till it happens. Right. Okay. Last story. One of my favorites that you got to tell us. <laughs> Oh, well, Rocky McDonald, Pazabon, Steve Wosley, you guys uh, at the New Mexico border getting arrested by Border Patrol. We got to, you got to fill us in on this story. I don't know. Have you heard this one before? 
I have, but a long time ago. You got to go in. I have go. not. <laughs> Nobody oh, else has. Not many have. I love it. <laughs> not many have heard this one. I, not many people know this, but I did better before Jordy did better. In 2015, I was higher in the world standing and got into everything. So 2016, I got to go to like Houston, San Antonio, everything. And Jordy never. So he came for like the first six weeks through like Fort Worth and stuff like that. And Bo, these are, this is who I got. You can just make your own stories on this, but this is who I, my first experience winter rodeoing is with Jordy. After he goes home, it's Bo Hill, Wes Silcox, Steve Woolsey, and Ty. Pause. That. That's <laughs> and Rocky. Who I get Wasn't Rocky with you? And Rocky. Yeah, Rocky <laughs> off and on, but he'd go home every night. You never know where the fuck Rocky was going to be. He might've been in California, <laughs> New Mexico or not. So what a learning experience to say least <laughs> oh, yeah. but anyways so we're going from uh, i believe it's san antonio to tucson and it's bo i'm pretty sure bo was there i don't remember something's blank about bo on the story he was going home or something but i know it's for sure me ty and steve and we have my truck and camper and we're headed across i-10 we're gonna go to rockies that night rocky lives like in the middle of new mexico on south of i-10 like 50 miles on the mexican border like you turn off an exit there and there's no fucking lights anywhere. Like it is the <laughs> middle of nowhere. <laughs> so we're going and we got these, this exit, follow this for this far, follow this. And it's like, we decide for some weird reason, we decide to stop at this town and stop and eat. And we have a couple of drinks and it takes us like two hours anyways. So we stop and eat and I'll get back to why that was important here later on in the story. But so we head down this road and we get to Rockies and Rockies like, we'll be in bed, just come in. The road into Rockies, I kid you not, is a freaking sand trail. Like it's like you're in the desert. Like there's nothing. Like it's not even a graded trail. It's just like a prairie trail into Rockies house. And here's this beautiful, like log kind of log home right here in the middle of the desert in New Mexico. <laughs> so we go in and Ty's like, do we just go in? I'm like, I don't know. This is kind of what people fucking get shot for down here. <laughs> if we go in or not. So Steve's like, oh, I'll go in. So Steve just opens the door and goes in and there's a kid sleeping on the one of Rocky's sons is sleeping on the couch. And I don't know, Rocky told us where the beds are and we found the beds and went to bed. And this is like at like one in the morning, next thing it's like seven 30 in the morning. There's a bang, bang, bang on the door. Is the owner of the truck in here? Bang, bang, bang. Is the owner of the truck in here? And Rocky and Katie are up at that time. And Rocky's like, Hey, you guys might want to come down here. <laughs> so he gets us all up. We get up and head down there and here's the border patrol parked around the truck freaking lights on everything this guy's sitting there who owns this truck and i was like uh i do yeah where are you from i don't get where it's from yeah put your hands on the hood of the truck please okay at this time you can imagine how a guy's feeling at this time gets to goes to ty goes to steve gets us all out on the hood of the truck i think ty was ready to fucking start crying i'm pretty sure i actually know he was ready. he even admitted he was ready to start crying he thought we were going away to fucking border patrol jail forever so he gets us on this truck and there's a hole going on he's got me cuffed at this time saying that i was we were wanted for running drugs and well, i guess found out later on that that's what they were running drugs in at the time was trucks and campers down there all the time hiding them in campers we were wanted for running drugs anyway so he's He's got me in tie frisk, patted us down. I had a knife, even like took the knife out of my pocket and everything. Like this guy wasn't pissing around and gets to Steve 
And he's like, Mr. Woolsey, yeah, you're wanted for solicitating prostitution in the state of Utah. Oh, Rocky, <laughs> Rocky set this all up, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Steve comes unfucking wound. He's like, Are you fucking kidding me? He's like, There's no way. Bullshit. This and that. And this guy's patting him down. And he's finally like, Well, you should maybe pat the guy that did this to you, his legs down the way. I'm patting your legs down. And Rocky starts fucking laughing, <laughs> laughing. And me and Ty, like, I thought this was it. Like, we weren't even going to get to call home. Like, we were fucking goners. And so this guy ends up, this is just all set up. This is a buddy of Rocky's. Of course, Rocky has buddies absolutely everywhere. This is a buddy of Rocky's and he set this whole thing up. So we, he comes in and has breakfast with us and we sit down and this is where it comes in. Why it was good. We stopped to eat. Rocky had it set up for them to pull us over while we were driving down and throw me and Ty in a fucking paddy wagon with like the black box and drive us, go driving around out in this field and fucking get Steve to drive the truck back. That was the original plan. But it was freaking dark, and they were they did decided not to do it just in case they got the wrong vehicle. They weren't sure. What Thank God. Oh. Could you imagine bouncing around in one of those paddy wagons out, no. on, out on the dirt road no. thinking that? Like, like, you just see that Rocky smiling with that big grin of his, though. Oh, if he, That's good. If prank. he listens to this, he'll laugh and laugh and laugh at that. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been so glad for Applebee's in my life. I seen a. <laughs> Speaking of Rocky, I was just in Vegas last week prior to the PBR Canada finals, and I saw a Jack Daniels signing with Rocky's picture. Oh, yeah. Now I don't know if it was oh, during shit. teams or what. I just I was I must have been in a hurry. I should have stopped and paid attention. Yeah. Is he Bo, still is he Bo's, still showing up? I know Bo still does some of them, like he was does for he? a mm-hmm. while back. The Rash brothers, they're always at they're always around. Yeah, once you were yeah. with them guys, kind of they stay even West West still does Crown Royal all does the he? time. Two or three, yeah. Well, really? That well, yeah. I don't know. Rocky had a bunch of stuff. It was cool. That was one of the coolest experiences I've actually ever had. Is when we were at Rocky, so he toured us around his place. Like it never run a lot of cows for like how big it was. Like it was freaking huge. Like it just was nothing there. And we drove around and he had well, a water. How dry tanks. was it though? Was it dry? Oh, it was- Oh yeah, it was legitimately desert. desert. Like there was nothing <laughs> there, and he had wagyu cows on it. It was cool. Like they were cool, yeah. and there's water tanks up on all the hills, and it was all runoff. There was like a half dozen big water tanks and gravity-fed water to all these pipelines. Well, then all the Mexicans like running across the border. He said you'd see them all the time. They had their names scratched in these water tanks, and they knew those water tanks were there, so they'd go up to them, and that's where they'd get water. Lots oh, of, shit. And he had all kinds of cool shit there. It was super cool. I still have a ton of pictures from that. That was one of the coolest things I've ever done being down there. Do you, I think it was Saskatoon. Quote me if I'm wrong here, Jason. But when the, the guy interviewed him, like an actual interview, and he answered in fucking Mexican or Spanish or whatever, <laughs> yeah. that guy's like, what the fuck is this guy talking yeah. about? The He's whole interview. Yeah. yeah, the whole yeah. interview. Oh, we could, well, we'll have yeah. to get Rocky on here because we could have a whole... Oh, podcast yeah, of these Rocky stories. Yeah, awesome. that's a cool guy. Yeah. Okay, Jerry. Though, um, thanks for joining us and spending the time here after oh. your your big wins, right? Uh, like we talked, fresh off yeah. another Canadian championship, average winner at the PBR Canada Finals, rolling into the NFR. And I do have to say, I know Zane was telling you, but 
with the whole country. Everybody's behind you, right? All of us bull riders, especially too. You're representing yeah. us and the country and all that sort of stuff. So uh, you got a big fan base, I know, down in the States as well. and Your family and everybody, but it's pretty cool, buddy. And we're super proud to for you to, to be able to go and do that. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It yeah. means a lot having everybody backing you like that. And it's a, it's cool when people appreciate it. And it, it means a lot to me. You might as well uh, enter Lloyd Minster and come see Tanner and I next week for a pep talk before you head down. I might have to pass on that one. <laughs> yeah, like I'll Bill be, Bill I'll be like thinking Tanner. of you. You're kind of like Tanner was when he ended. Yeah. You might just show up there, yeah. but I know you won't even at least show up there. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not showing up. <laughs> I had bulls. That's why I showed up. <laughs> yeah. Good luck yeah. down there, Jerry. Yeah, buddy. You good. Yeah. All seriousness. Congratulations. Thanks, and thank you very much for joining the NFB podcast. This has been our interview with Jared. Well, I'm packing up my game and I'm going head out west Where real women come equipped with scripts and fake press Find a nest in the hills, chill like Flint Buy an old drop top, find a spot to pimp Then I'm a kid, rock it up and down your block Go with a bottle of scotch and watch lots of crotch Buy a yacht with a flag saying chill in the most The 